like a dog's red rocket dick. It's like silver for C-3PO. Hello and welcome to another episode of Let's Rewatch, the show where we watch movies that we loved in our youth and find out if they're still any good. I'm Brett. I'm Sam. I'm Ash. And I'm Pat. Oh, oh yeah, we yeah. did do it. What? We didn't do it. What? I'm Sam. What? I'm not. I'm. I'm not going to do this again. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm Pat. I'm Ash. <laughs> I can't. Do I it for me. <laughs> Will you put like the music in there? Orchestral like, you know, the farts. Dramatic- Yes. You need some Hans Zimmer in there. The yeah. right voice, right? Listen, like we haven't growl, introduced you what yet, is that Matt. Voice? Hey, Sit in the corner. Not, well, you just did. And I was going to say, he's not the guest we deserve, but he's the guest we need. Yeah, that would be Spider-Man. <laughs> no, that's from no, this movie. It's a line from this movie. like the ending of this movie. What? Spider-Man is a po- great power, great responsibility. Great power, yeah. great responsibility. God nice try, damn though. it, pregnancy brain. Anyway, Matt Storm is here. Hey, Hi, Matt. I'm here. He's here, and we're not going to make him host this time. Oh, <laughs> yeah. damn, okay. <laughs> Let's all do this the whole time. I'm here. <laughs> I'm here to talk about Batman. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, that oh, that oh, yelling Batman voice, I don't, is, I'm curious to remember and uh, find out if it actually is that abrasive because I, the internet it, has ruined it for me where it's just yeah. that like scream like i am Batman. like can, can <laughs> i just I mean, there are moments uh, can i just jump home in. skits was like it's more like this it's like, <laughs> it's like, it's like, so um, i know we normally say out. fun facts until the the end of the uh intro but i'm gonna jump in with one because it's relevant now did you know that they actually pumped up the gruff Batman voice in post because mm-hmm. that's how Christopher Nolan thought it would be best. So poor Christian Bale didn't actually do that gruff tough of a voice on set. Oh my and they gosh. Altered it. I mean, I believe like, it. That's the Darth murder Vader on your throat, man. Yeah. Yeah. That like, was, can you imagine I mean, doing like so many takes over and over with like. I feel like I'm feeling it now from those little, like, we've been doing it, what, 60 seconds, all of us, and I'm feeling it. Imagine yeah. doing just take after take. Like, well, but the now, guy who played Shaggy, like, fucked up his voice. Voice being Shaggy of, in two yeah. movies, yeah. Matthew oh, Lillard. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Oh, oh, doing the zoink stuff? He, like, yeah, doing yeah. the Shaggy voice, mm-hmm. yeah. And oh, he would, like, scream, watching this I believe, for, like, a half an hour before shooting. Why would you so do that? So that he would have, like, that... So he would have the voice. So it would make like, it all broken? Mm-hmm. <sighs> I mean, it's not a good idea. Someone should have stopped him. Yeah. Yeah. Good. For sure. Uh, no, the so, whole time we're watching this, I'm going to imagine that uh, Christian Bale has that, like, super w- wastastic, like, the the pre-Darth Vader voice. Where he's, like, he's just going to be like, where is she? Where is she? <laughs> <laughs> What? I mean, we do know, though, through the internet, that Christian Bale is capable of yelling at people for a long oh, period of time. Oh, good for you, <laughs> for, man. For no reason. So, like, you yeah. know. Well, oh, no, he saying. was in his eye line. I mean, that's super offensive. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I had to get that one out of the way. Uh, I, guys, I don't know that was, we've actually said what we're watching. Yeah, I was just going to say. Trying to... <laughs> 
It's not clear. <laughs> Off the rails. Listen, a little, a little bit meta. It's never a surprise for the listener because it's the title of the episode. <laughs> That's true. That's that true. is true. Well, Thanks, Brett. Fine. For those that didn't read the title and it just autoplayed, we are watching 2008's The Dark Knight. God, that seems so directed by long ago. Christian Nolan, starring the ever favorite Heath Ledger. Welcome, podcast. <gasps> Now we have 100% of the animals in the recording room with us right now. Oh, wow. Amazing. Could we we redo uh, A Dark Knight, but instead of the gruff voice, it's just the cat? Could it just be (laughs) Bob's cat? The cat meowing aggressively. (laughs) Meow. That's a different hero. Catman is a different villain. He's not not the same character. Some men just want to lick their own asshole. <laughs> oh my oh, god. Man. Remember how hopeful 2008 was? It does feel like a long time ago, like, but that's also because 2020 was a decade. <laughs> 2020 was a decade. So hey, instead of doing the first half of this show, do you want to see if we can just reenact this entire movie? <laughs> I, I'm I mean, I probably could with the amount of times I've watched it. it it's definitely possible. I just feel like there's a lot of direct lines from the movie in my head right now. All all that research Sam did, just throw it out the window. Thanks for hosting, Sam. You're welcome. (laughs) The end. (laughs) I mean, I have a ton of fun facts about why this movie is so important to me, but I figure we'll get to that. Yes. There's Um, like a whole part of the show that's dedicated for that. (laughs) (laughs) You know. Look, I just rolling with it, guys. Jeez, we're in a in mood today, man. Matt hosted we our really show are. before. I mean, we say that I every like four episode. Drinks. I don't know what y'all problem is. We like we did that like it was going to become a thing, uh, and I think you were the only person who ever hosted the show. <laughs> yes, I loved doing it. It was fun. <laughs> Actually, yes, you were the only person that we. I mean, you're the only one we trust, again. and we're yeah. lazy. So <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, all right, all right. I'm gonna start. Okay. Uh, so, as we know, it's directed. But can we by... talk about cat assholes a little bit more? <laughs> I'm sorry, Sam. I'm sorry. Sam is gonna Look. murder you, uh, and I'm gonna help her. I'm okay. Make his catnip disappear. Oh. No, he will not. Oh Don't my god! Don't aggravate the pregnant lady. She's growing a human. I'm Why, very so quick to anger. You don't want to poke this bear. It's not great. <laughs> You guys are fine, but it mostly comes out in Brett's. No, if it's a cat, it's why so curious. Oh, well, I meant furious, but it came out as furious. Anyway, Sam, go ahead. Get out. almost just spit water or whatever he's drinking all over his computer. This is fantastic. Yep, it's water. We'll call it that. Russian water. right. Excellent. Kentucky water. (sighs) Mm. Ow. Oh, my God. My cat just closed all my tabs. Everyone shut up and let Sam talk. Okay. Oh, no. What? Oof. Okay. And you all thought the blank check ep- blank that blank check episode was the most blip, off blip. the rails of this oh, show. Oh, we could found get. the limit for Pat. Four drinks. <laughs> this is <laughs> this is what happens when we take a half an hour to actually get into the episode is the drink hits Pat hard. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Guys, 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 guys. Okay. okay all right. Okay, okay. Are we ready? Go Pesci. Okay. Um, Uh, so directed by christopher nolan who we know from so many effing things 
Uh, like a lot. A lot. Early on, Memento, we got The Prestige, mm-hmm. Interstellar, uh, Inception, Dunkirk, just an insane amount of stuff. Batman Is Dunkirk begins, just a movie about someone telling someone named Kirk that he's done? I am done, Kirk. I am Kirk. Done. I swear to God. <laughs> I'm done. Uh, I'm I done. It, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> Moving out. Look, I know I've said it before, Kirk. I know I've said it. I know I said I'm it. I'm done. I've said this it before. Time. But I'm serious this time. I I mean it. <laughs> Sorry, Sam. Continue. Uh, the three-hour uh, epic. <laughs> uh, so, um, a fun thing that I didn't know is that uh, Christopher Nolan works on most of his films with his brother, Jonathan Nolan. Yeah. So this mm-hmm. is Yeah, he written- writes a lot of them together, right? Yeah, so this was written by them cool. both, and I did not know that. It's pretty awesome. Um, also- I would be curious to know, sorry to interrupt your facts, but relevant to that fact, I would be oh, curious to know- Oh, it's fine. It's know- not like anyone has, you know, interrupted her. How many of the, do they does do they write and direct on all of the films or because there are some Christopher Nolan films that I like less than others and I wonder which ones that they were tag teaming on. Um, Ooh, that, that I would be don't, super interesting. interesting. I don't know. They don't direct together, but they do write together. Yeah, <clears throat> they just write. I can say that a lot of the early ones, which you know, which ones were they worked on? Well, and- Memento and Following. Did he co-write on all of all three of the Batmans? Um, yes, let me tell you. I believe yeah. so. He yep. a lot of the early ones they they did together. Uh, mm. Following Memento, the Batmans. I it wasn't till How about after the bad one, the Batmans after Interstellar. Oh, fuck you, no. Brett. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he did not write with him after Interstellar. That that was like his last one. That oh, he, he wrote, wrote Interstellar. Okay, he did. He helped write Interstellar. He also Jonathan Nolan has written for Westworld, which is pretty yes. crazy. Oh, cool. That's what That's I was awesome. gonna say. Is like they got to a point and then he signed on for Westworld, and that's mm. when they he kind of stopped doing as many movies with Nolan. I really liked Westworld. Westworld's a show. I can't decide if it's good or not. I've it watched is. it. Yeah, you're wrong. I can't decide. No, no, no first just, I, didn't, I don't yep. have. I didn't say I had an opinion. <laughs> I just feel like every season I'm like, is this good? I'm going to keep watching, but I can't tell if this is good. It's phenomenal. It's kind yeah. of up its own ass. It is. It is. It is. Both. Entertaining. I fully, I yes. fully agree with that. It is both. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's fair. That is fair. That's fair. It is trying to be like hyper intellectual for sure. Yes. I mean, that's absolutely. Nolan. That's, that's mm-hmm. the, the Nolan family touch. <laughs> hyper intellectual. How far so, can we put this movie up its own ass? Well, I think very, I think it's really funny far. that he went went to write for Westworld since like I don't know the the only criticism I ever see online of Christopher Nolan is really like no you know it's it's his the the films are a little like cold and impersonal. It's like yeah well then why don't we write one about fucking robots like <laughs> but they're robots with feelings. They're I mean it's funny because in Westworld it's kind of all about the emotions and yeah. feeling so yeah. Have you that's, even seen the funny. show, bro? Bro. Bro. <laughs> bro. Bro. <laughs> the fucking West, Westworld Bro Club over here. <laughs> uh, um, so Christopher Nolan is kind of known for having like his tight-knit crew that he likes to work with and moving from film to film. Um, and one of those crew members is Wally Pfister, his cinematographer. 
uh, who worked on everything mm. from Dark Knight to Inception, Memento, The Prestige, um, all sorts of a lot of things. Oh, so, yeah, really beautiful. I forgot he did The Prestige. Yeah. I forgot about um, that and one. not so much a fact about the movie, but a funny story. Uh, when I worked for DreamWorks, Wally Pfister came to talk and Ooh. he couldn't he couldn't find his demo reel. So they asked me to edit a little like trailer for Wally Pfister and only use clips from the trailers of his films. So I got all the trailers and then like tried to cut it all together. Uh he wasn't happy with it. He wouldn't talk to me directly. I had to m- email everything to his assistant who would then oh, go no. to him <laughs> and then would relay notes and it was like totally backwards. It took me an entire week and they um held me or they paid my overtime to stay up until they held like me down. Held me down. Yeah, no. Oh, held, no. Until I remember 10 that. p.m. the day before the show, you know, his talk. And um, then I got it done. We tested it. And then he showed up and he's like, oh, I cleaned my office and I found my demo reel. <laughs> oh, you oh, fucking no. dick. You <laughs> fucking <laughs> dick. Yep. So. Oh, you ugh. fucking. I love you know Wally you know Fister. Sam? He had it the whole time. He fucking I, had it the whole time. I S- just... Sam, Sam's worked for a lot of very interesting people. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah, that, that sadly, hashtag assholes. I mean, <laughs> it, he was not the worst, but like he, it was like just so frustrating because he refused to talk to me in person. And then we talked before his like talk, which was cool. Like I've gotten to talk to Wally Fister face to face, which is amazing. But he like gave me editorial feedback, which was like, oh, you're, your clips were just too short. I wanted it longer to like really show the camera and everything. Well, yeah, you had and to I use was like, a trailer. And then that's what I was like, if you had told me that from the beginning, I would have pulled the clips from the movie. But instead, yeah. I was told to only use the trailers. So it's just like, oh, my God. Ugh, anyway, gross. fun cool, times. Cool, cool. So glad these people are the successful ones. Cool, 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 cool. Hollywood. (laughs) Thank you. There might be a reason why I don't want to work in Hollywood anymore. Who would have thought? Um, Okay. So now that you know that fun tidbit, uh, we know our stars because they are fabulous. We've got Christian Bale's Batman, which we totes know. Uh, Heath Ledger. Inventor of the Heath Bar. Yes, who did an amazing (laughs) job, and it is his final complete film. I thought he was Heathcliff. Is that? (laughs) (laughs) What? I'm being good, Sam. Ash Lover. Thank you. Do you know how hard it is to host when you're growing another human? I'm sorry, I don't. You're already, you're doing dual hosting duty. Do you you're hosting like, another human. Yes. And you're hosting a show. We lost Ash. She's Ash. frozen. Ash went full potato. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Bye, Ash. Well, at Bye. least I can get through the rest of your intro. Yeah, all right. So before <laughs> Ash comes back, uh, we've got yeah, Aaron. Go. Just go. We've got Aaron Eckhart, oh, which she's we back. know from she's back. Thank You for Smoking. All right, Ash is back. You went, you Fuck went you full. Guys. Um, Fuck you guys. 
<laughs> Could you hear us the whole time, Ash? Oh wait, so is Aaron Eckhart yes. is is his big thing? Thank you for smoking because he was in some At other the stuff. At the time, it was he was on a couple episodes of Frasier. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, for those of you that are fans, that's like the biggest credit, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> obviously. Yeah, obviously. Uh, he was also in Aaron Brockovich as George, mm-hmm. which oh. I have not seen. Um, yeah. So, oh, really? Kinda- it's actually a pretty good movie. I, I hear that, and it just, I weirdly was, like, too young at the time that it came out and, like, never got around to it. Um, I shot got- on the set because the set, the the studio that filmed, sorry, tangent, but the studio that filmed Aaron Brockovich was my film school before it oh, became the cool. film really? school. Oh, cool. Yeah, and so they had what they called the Brock House, which was her house. <laughs> Um, a- as a set in one of the sound stages, and so I shot a short, a zombie short film that's terrible. Don't watch. That's it. where that was. I'm not even going to tell cool. you. Yeah, yeah. That's so awesome. that was the Brock House. So, uh, so we got Aaron Eckhart. Like I said, uh, Ash, your favorite, Michael mm-hmm. Cocaine. Cocaine. Michael Cocaine. Michael Cocaine. By the way, <laughs> in uh, in the in the Muppets episode, which was phenomenal, I too love that movie. And the song they removed. Just throwing that out there after having listened. <laughs> yes. um, but once, I think it was it was Brett or Pat who explained how to say Michael Caine by saying Michael Cocaine. It was Pat. It's, it was my, Pat. Co- it's like, my cocaine. <laughs> my cocaine. Michael Caine. Michael, Michael Caine. <laughs> I said it aloud <laughs> to <Brett>. myself <laughs> in my bedroom. And it was like, oh, my God, I can do it. Like, I, I was so excited. <laughs> it just <laughs> like blew my I mind. Am, Michael Caine. <laughs> it's so good it's so good it's a fun uh, accent to do i yeah. hope i meet it him is. someday and just call him michael, michael cocaine you're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off <laughs> <laughs> have you seen that the clip where he says his own yeah. name he no. says his own name in his own in yeah. the accent of yeah, he's he's like people so people yeah. there's impressions a- of me make me sound like i'm a fucking idiot like <laughs> <laughs> Michael, uh, Michael, that's how you sound. (laughs) Oh, boy. I love him, too. We've also got Maggie Gyllenhaal. Oh, oh, right. Um, Yeah. uh, One of my favorite actors, uh, Gary Oldman, who is just Mm. a freaking chameleon. He's just shocking. He looks different in every movie he's in, so... Very excited come on, to come see on, his come on, performance come on, again. Gary Chameleon. <laughs> uh, all right, we've got Morgan. He's he's oh. actually chameleonaire. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh God! Right, excellent. Okay, oh. and uh, we've also got Morgan Freeman, and then a bunch of other names, but those are like the top people. Um, okay, so this was a hot summer release in July of 2008, July mm. 16th. Um, do we want to play the money game? Ka-ching! Sure. Let's yeah. do it. I mean, I, just, I do have an awesome memory. It's funny. This is one of those movies that I have a still a very, very vivid memory of when I first, when I saw it. When yeah. First yeah. Not every movie mm-hmm. I that's on the theater I have like a super vivid memory of, so I'll um, totally. Yeah, it was just fun. It was honestly it was just a different time in life. I was mm-hmm. uh 
mid twenties going out every yep. weekend, you know, buddies to bars. And then I saw it with one of my like absolute best friends the day after a raging night. It was a Sunday, like matinee. We went, we were all hung over, slept at a friend's house. We're like, you got anything you got to do today? Like, no, you no. So we went and got, uh, you know, the hangover special at greasy diner, you know, at a greasy spoon type place, you know, like tons of greasy food, eggs and potatoes and bacon and toast and hash browns and all that fun Is stuff. Is this relevant? And we went and saw... <laughs> no, I'm just, I just had like a really good memory the first time I saw this movie I was saying. And oh, okay. I don't feel like I don't remember every time I, I don't have this vivid of a memory for every movie I've seen in the theater. But this is like with like one of my best friends, like went food half hung over and then went and saw like 11 o'clock a.m. Oh, of it, wow. And was like, this is awesome. That movie was fucking great. Holy shit. Just kind of being blown away. So I've told this story on the show before, but I don't know if I, I know you haven't heard it, Pat, because I think it was before you were on the show. Uh, <laughs> when we went and first saw this, uh, we went, it was shortly after we moved to Los Angeles. No, we were in Laguna Beach still. I, don't, I mean, not like, I, I always think yes. of that as LA anyway. Uh, but, um, yeah, we would drive up to the Arclight in Hollywood because they had, uh, they always had props for whatever the big movie was. And they had, and it was uh, an experience. The like. actual, uh, purple Joker suit on, on, a, on a mannequin on display in the lobby. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool. Um, wait, did I see we- this with you? Yes. I was going to say, you're not going to mention the fact that like most of the podcast was together that day to see this movie for the first time. It was oh, Ash. Ash was yeah. there, but I don't know. Oh, if this we- is the fire thing, yeah, right? You, you cut to the fucking. No, they don't know. Ash. They don't Spoilers. know. Anyways, so <laughs> we start. Wa- so we sit down in the theater. So someone movie set the theater playing. on fire. And I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, movie starts playing because it was opening night thing that we did. Uh, midnight so no, showing. Midnight showing. Night. And uh, we sit down in the theater, and the opening sequence goes through, and it's that big bank heist. And right when the the criminals cut the wires to the bank, all the lights go out. Everything, including everything, the goes out. Everything, and we're like, wow. And what? then what? And then and, and then, then the lights come back, but the movie doesn't come back, oh, and it's the emergency yeah. lights, and that are like, yeah, spinning. They're like, the and like, there's like an alarm going off in the background, and like everyone's like. What? And if like 30 seconds pass and like the movie's off and it's, oh, there's an alarm going and the theater employee comes in and they're like, it's the fire alarm. We have to exit the theater. And it's the fucking rid- most ridiculous thing ever. <laughs> no one got up. Yeah, no one moved. <laughs> yeah. We're, like, We're like, yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> We're like, no. Uh-uh. <laughs> We're here to see Batman, and we're gonna watching die. the movie. It's the fucking Batman. I'm I waited so long to see this, and it but yeah. it felt so immersive. It felt like it, it did. was part it of was, the movie. It this was, is next level movie experience right here. They cut the lights, and they oh my god! It was but, hilarious how perfectly it was timed because it was like it was wire cut, pew, woo woo woo, like fire alarm, and we're like. Holy mm-hmm. shit! They went all out for this movie. Like, <laughs> yeah, they fucking, they fucking like. It was like a the Disneyland theater. ride where you watch the yes. video before yeah. you go on the yeah. ride. Yeah, like, and it was like, I mean, to to the frame because they booted it back up and it started like at the next cut. Like it was just that was the moment. It, it was like cosmic intervention. It was ridiculous. Uh, of course, it was just some fucking jerk in the lobby that they wouldn't let him in because it was sold out, but. 
It, it wasn't just once, though, because, like, I don't know if you guys remember, but they were like, everyone needs to evacuate. Eventually, they, like, convinced us all to get up out of our seats and leave the theater. And we all get to, like, the lobby, and they're like, false alarm. You can go back. <laughs> and like, we all no go shit. back, and we sit down, and then it happens immediately <laughs> again. And they're like, okay, everybody, you have, and we're like, fuck no, I'm not getting up again. <laughs> Like, is there an actual fire? Yeah. Like, nobody was sure. (laughs) But we all got a bunch of free popcorn and soda and shit for it. So that was cool. That's awesome. That should cost like 20 bucks a piece. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a lot of value. value. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, so money game. Um, Do we want to play opening weekend or worldwide? Gross. It's... Let's well, do. Let's go. Budget? Let's go worldwide because I feel like. Yeah. Okay. All right. It's all right. We're gonna go. You're gonna guess. Give me it's, your guesses for the budget and then for worldwide gross. That is domestic plus international. Because 2008 is the first 2008. year. The first Iron Man, right? No. Or was that 2000? 2000? Yes. Iron Man. Yeah, yeah. No, that was eight. No, no. It was that eight. was eight. It was first Iron Man. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah. Come on. So okay, I'm just trying to like. Yeah, gate they came out the same year. Because Marvel changed how much money movies make. Yeah. <laughs> so yes. Mm-hmm. So this is this is pre. However, a billion dollars. <laughs> however, you ha- also have to remember that Nolan insisted on shooting on IMAX film. He did. Yeah. So that was extra expensive. Yeah. Correct. But right. are we doing budget or no? Just gross. Yes. Just worldwide budget. Gross. Give me and your guesses gross. for budget okay. and worldwide gross. Budget, a hundred and thirteen million. Oh damn! Worldwide gross, three hundred and fifty-seven million. Oh shit! Wow. Okay. I'm gonna right. go. Uh, I I feel like I saw something way back when that maybe it's like one eighty. It was a big budget. This was like they they knew they were making money on this. Like so, mm-hmm. they were just like, let's throw money mm-hmm. at it. So I'm gonna say like one eighty. And then the budget. Uh, worldwide, what'd you say, Pat? I was gonna. I think I was gonna say more than that. I, I said three fifty-seven or something like that. Like, I feel like that's. I mean, unless somebody else is gonna say like a real specific number, I was gonna be like somewhere, somewhere in the fours, uh, mm. lower no, fours. Fuck four, okay. four thirty. Make a real number. Four twenty. Four thirty. Okay. <laughs> 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 All right, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt Nash. Let's hear your guesses. You can go first, Matt. Okay. Um, I think it's hard. Like, it's funny. Of all the things that I'm knowledgeable about, what movies cost and how much they make is so far afield for me. <laughs> like, unless they're blockbusters that make, like, you know, insane, like five hundred million dollars. Like, you know, those numbers I'll remember. But like, so I think I'm gonna go lower, and I think I'm gonna say that the budget was closer to. A hundred. Mm. Go with the Kay. even hundred. Okay. Under the other two boys. And then I think for the gross, I'm gonna blow it out of the water and say five. Okay. Five hundred. Wow. All right. Yeah. We got a three, four, and a five. Ash. I'm gonna say um I was also gonna say a hundred million for the budget. Do I have to pick a different number? No. 
No. Okay. A hundred million no. for the budget, and then I'm gonna say uh three eighty million, three hundred and eighty million for what it made. Okay. Okay. Because I think four hundred to five hundred. That seems high. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. But oh god, this was like a you huge have, movie, though. You have no idea. Did we? How wrong were we? Oh my god. How okay. wrong were we? So first of all. Brett is almost really spot wrong, on on right? the budget. Yes. 185 oh, nice. million. Nice. Damn. Wow. All right. Wow. Guys, guys, guys. Matt, your mm-hmm. guess yeah. is not even what it made domestic. What? Wow. This- so I'm the closest by default. By default. But get this. This was. <laughs> Yours is at essentially the, time. the $1 bid here. Yeah. <laughs> At yeah. the time, the <laughs> highest grossing comic book movie ever mm-hmm. with one mm-hmm. billion dollars. To- what? Worldwide. Wow. Oh, yes. Yowza. Yes. Wow. It did a bill. Well, it movie was like one of the now. like highest. Was, didn't it? It got yeah. kicked off, didn't it? Yeah. It was it, like uh, highest grossing for a while, wasn't it? It was highest yes. grossing for a long time. I, I can't remember what kicked that. it off. I think um, uh, either something Marvel or Star Wars, I feel like, kicked it yeah. out. Yeah. And then also that Jurassic Park. I feel oh, like Endgame right. is the victor now. I feel like Endgame mm-hmm. is the highest Endgame, grossing yeah. film of all time. Yeah, there was also that, like, like, a concerted campaign to get it yeah. there. Yeah, that like Endgame fans. re-release. Endgame needed a re-release yeah. to do it. It doesn't count. That's yeah. true. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. Yeah. I was so, curious, so I looked up. Titanic was the first movie to break a billion dollars worldwide. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I feel Avatar like wasn't far behind. Titanic was in theaters for like what felt like a full year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was forever. a long time. Doesn't help that Unlike that movie the Titanic, feels like a full year. It sunk slowly. That, yes, I agree. <laughs> Ash. <laughs> Too soon. Actually, no, that's fine. No. That's <laughs> fine. Um, okay. So, it, yeah, it, it made a. Crap ton of movie or crap ton of money, you guys. Like this movie and is, movies. I mean, they had and three. movies. They did <laughs> not. N- n- neither of the other ones nearly as successful as this one. I can imagine. Um, mm-hmm. Which a lot of people attribute to Heath Ledger, and mm-hmm. not only his incredible performance, but also the kind of knowledge that it was his last full film that he completed. And not so. What was the other it, one? Miss, the, the, his magic movie, the Imaginaire. Dude, I yeah. kind of yeah. want to do. I was almost going to be like Mr. McGorham's really Wonder Emporium. No, <laughs> no. But there, the top ten highest grossing films of all time currently is actually there's a couple in there you might be really surprised. Mm. The Imaginarium. What are Dr. they? Dr. Parnassus. Shit. Yes. Um. So. Before Pat gets that list real fast, the opening weekend was 158 million, which is good. Dang. But not Whoa. like crazy numbers. Okay, so this I had traction no. once people went and saw it. I get it because, yeah. because uh, and maybe yeah. I'm talking out my ass, but I think oh, the gosh. first and the third movies suck. Uh, and like in retrospect, like I think they were like, okay, at the, the time. First one, I would disagree I, with that. I don't know if the first one sucks. They, the plot was let's microwave the sewer. Let's microwave the sewer. Get out of here. They're gonna microwave the sewer. No, microwave it and turn it into the gas. Ga- microwave train. Ga- madness. Gas. Why did it? Why did the microwave train have to <laughs> go? 
Why'd it have to be on because a train? Because comic book movie, Brett. <laughs> Microwave the because sewer. Why the fuck does this billionaire dress up like a bat and beat up mentally? Get out of here. Because it's a comic book movie. Get out of here. <laughs> um, Ross no. fool. I think <laughs> Begins was a decent, entertaining movie. And the, yeah, I'm totally with you on that, though, Sam, where I feel like it's one of those things like, yeah, B- Batman Begins is pretty good. They're going to do a sequel. Ooh, there's Joker. And there was so much trepidation about Ledger. And I feel like his performance and yeah. word of yes. mouth on his performance absolutely fucking made tons of people be like, cause, cause that was why we went and saw it. And that morning I, when I told the story was cause it wasn't, it was like the weekend after opening weekend. And we had heard yeah. like, mm-hmm. you've got to go fucking see this movie. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That was, it was totally a thing. Like, like, wow, Heath Ledger did something like amazing in a superhero movie. Like, but it's, 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 it's beyond you know what most people do in in any genre uh so yeah right. that was totally the the vibe of this release and mm-hmm. he was on like it was like the peak of his career too like he was well, this already was his, he'd been doing good stuff but this was his big this was like his like this was going to skyrocket his career he'd already totally. been doing a lot of great stuff but like a knight's tale and 10 things i hate about you were not like they were good movies but you know, they were romantic comedies. They were, he was one of the leading men, or actually in those two, he was the leading man. But like they were teen comedies. This was the movie that was like serious actor, he's going to go places. Really? I would and say then he broke, passed. Brokeback Mountain really like that too. Yeah. To Oscar status. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. True. He was already up there. And That's it, true. But he, he was, it was the beginning of the trajectory for sure. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Yeah. Those yeah. two movies were definitely the start of that, that rise. Yeah. Um, Pat, what are the ten top most grossing movies of all time? Yeah, because most most of these you're be like, yeah, yeah, okay, but there's a, there's one in particular. I'm like, really? Okay. Um, one's Endgame, two's Avatar, yep. three's Titanic. Still, mm-hmm. two is a- Avatar. Still number two. <laughs> mm-hmm. Two point seven. Bill, listen, wow. you can't make a. There would not be a land in Disneyland. If it didn't make fucking yes. that much money, yeah. Disney true. World, dude. Honestly, though, I'm not the biggest Avatar movie fan, but the fucking Pandora section of Disney World Animal Kingdom—it's gorgeous, it's fucking amazing. great. The it's, ride, the ride, the is flight awesome. of the Navi ride is top two ride, maybe the best ride in all of Disney parks I agree with Pat. in the U.S. <laughs> Was it's that so fucking that? good. By the way, I, I rode that ride two seats down from the guy who plays Kevin on This Is Us. <laughs> the tall the That's guy who awesome. plays the actor yeah That's funny he was with it was me and my sister-in-law katie my wife was pregnant with our second with grace our second daughter at the time so she couldn't she wasn't is one of those rides you can't ride if you're pregnant and uh we were there it was my sister-in-law me in the little room is like seven seats to a room with the actor who plays him and like his wife who's on that like re- real estate reality show on netflix or now ex-wife but at the time wife and like mm-hmm. their handler and her handler like made sure they sat between us and them. I'm like, yeah, it's cool. I'm not gonna like do it. It's like whatever. <laughs> um he's tall though. He's big. He's like got an inch on me, and I'm six three. He's like six wow. three, six four. Um but uh that ride's amazing. Like Pandora, that whole section is gorgeous and crazy. And they do like the whole floating island things, like really like you're like, Holy shit, they did it. It's like that's it's right. up there. It's I like, haven't it's gotten pretty to impressive. See it yet. Do we ever tell you our our friend made that? Our uh, our friend Becky is no. the Imagineer that was working on uh, uh, Pandora. Shut Land. up! Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. That's amazing. That's awesome. It's For really years, gorgeous. Was like I was skeptical it. too, and then and the, my friend and the Brian blue sangria talked. in the restaurant there is great. Wow. It's a great. Like <laughs> everyone was just like, you have to see it. Who it doesn't matter what you think about the movies. Like you have to see this area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was it's awesome. I was 
dumbfounded by it. Absolutely. It's one of the first like fast passes we try to get when we do our trips and stuff. It's it's a great fucking ride. Well, um Disney's so really Avatar... stepped up like the land building in their theme parks. Like mm-hmm. yeah. because yeah, Galaxy's Edge is fucking great. Is... The newest thing Some I of us haven't been there yet, Pat. It's been a while, but like <laughs> that first time the first thing they built that was like new was Cars Land in California Adventure. Mm-hmm. And like mm-hmm. I remember walking into that being just like Oh, this is this is different and awesome. Like I don't even <laughs> like cars, but wow! And like, so <laughs> I can only yeah. imagine how much cooler everything else has been. I felt yeah. the same way. Um, so we're still in the the top five of the two bill two Billy Club. So yeah, Endgame, Avatar, Titanic, Force Awakens, Infinity War. So that's <laughs> the top five, and all of those broke too. Jurassic wow. World. Mm. Here's the one that like I was like, wow, really? 2019s. Big fucking air quotes. Live action Lion King. Oh, oh what? You know what? John Favreau is an amazing director, though, and I haven't seen that one yet. But I kind of want to because I I don't know if you've seen like you know the behind the scenes of the Mandalorian, but they get into a little bit of like the groundbreaking new stuff that they did in the lion king that had never been done in filmmaking before and so i don't know i think the lion john favreau might be one of the yeah yeah like yeah sure one of the best filmmakers making films right Um, now in my opinion i never want to hear christopher walken sing a song ever again in my life oh does that happen oh boy he sings who's christopher he's he's the uh, monkey who's christopher walken Wow, he's, he's Rafiki. Wait, wait, what? Really? No, he pa- he plays no. the the bad one. Oh, Scar, he's Scar, Scar. No, the no. bad. It's an all POS. Wait, what am I talking about? Mufasa. It's an all POS. Is Lion King? It's an Lion all POS. Jungle Book is what I'm thinking of. Like Sorry, Jungle yeah, Book. I was gonna say uh, Jungle Book. Okay. I was gonna say. Because it was a I'm big the deal that the Lion King cast was all POCs except for Zazu, which was John Oliver. That everyone else was a person of color. You're talking shit about a movie you don't even know. I'm on the wrong page. Um, (laughs) But (laughs) my point still stands. That was horrible in that movie. (laughs) Well, to be fair, the the animated Lion King did fucking gangbusters. So, yeah. It did. It saved Disney, more or less. Like, they were on the rise, but, like, Lion King is what locked them in. Well, yes. Well, that's true. Little Little Mermaid actually saved them. And they got their Oscar for Beauty and the Beast and all that. Yeah. 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 It was Lion King that made them the corporate behemoth they are now. Like, that was, like, the icing on the cake that, like, cemented the steamrolling. Yeah. Yep. Who would have thought the song "I Just Can't Wait to Be King" was about the executives? And all media. <laughs> oh, ever. Um, Don't make me bust out the fire. <laughs> all right, keep going. Uh, I'll just finish up. Eight's, Aven- Eight's Avengers, the first one. Nine is Furious. Seven. Ten is Frozen Two. Oh, those all oh. make sense. Mm-hmm. And like a hundred bucks of that Frozen Two money's mine. I mean, I get the Fur- <laughs> the Furious Seven because that was like I skipped four of those movies at, uh, or three of those movies. I haven't seen and- the last. Like I've only seen them, the first two. Me too, Matt. Yeah. But I hear they're great. I the hear they're last one. They, they like, be... for, like... <laughs> no spoilers. <laughs> I literally just started watching There's so them. many spoilers in those movies, Ash. <laughs> I, the most I haven't even seen them. I know it's a mess. I'm talking about on Cars. Uh, the spoilers on Cars. Oh, wow, wow, wow. Pat, you're fired. 
Can I be the new host? Pat's fired. The, the sponsor. <laughs> Sam was about gold. to get up Screw and just Screw all you. Leave. That's gold. She's like, <laughs> no, I just have to shift because my hips are hurting. The amount of uh, Coors. I think it was, was it Coors or was it fucking Corona? No, Corona. 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 The Corona oh, placement yeah. in seven yeah. was nuts. Vin Diesel. Can have any brew you want as long as it's Corona. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, all right, mm. shall we get back to the actual movie that we're talking? Sure. About? Yes, Fisher's please. Sure. Oh, yeah. All right, city. All right. So, um, like I said, the financial success of this movie is largely attributed to Heath Ledger's role as the Joker, which he took super seriously. Mm-hmm. Um. He really, really wanted to differentiate himself from Jack Nicholson's 1989 Joker. Um, and he wanted to give a really, like, authentic performance of who he felt the Joker was. So he locked himself in a motel room for six weeks wow. to focus <laughs> a- wow. on on not only, like, perfecting the voice but the laugh of the Joker Mm. and who the Joker was as a person. And he also perfected the makeup of the Joker Mm -hmm. because in his mind, which is totally accurate, like the Joker was a loner. He didn't have friends. Like he would be doing his own makeup. So instead of having makeup artists develop it, he did it himself and then had to teach the makeup crew how to do it so that they could replicate it every day for filming. Oh, wow. Uh, which is crazy. So I feel bad for the people that got the rooms next to him. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's probably like, ooh, that guy's... Ooh. <laughs> um, so he he based the look of the Joker um, off of You know of what? The- that makes a... One, one hotel trip I had makes a lot more sense now. Maybe... <laughs> 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 yeah, that's why you don't want to stay in the cheapest place. Um, so he based a lot of the mannerisms of his Joker off of Sid Vicious from the Sex oh. Pistols. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, and he also based um, kind of the physical movements and stuff off of Alex DeLarge from A Clockwork Orange, which oh, I yeah. totally can see now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see. yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Without yeah. a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. So Heath Ledger took the role so seriously that you know the self-filmed videos that the Joker takes in the movie? Um He actually like filmed he, them himself. He actually directed and filmed them himself. Really? Oh, uh, yeah. The first one that he wow. did, he had a little bit of supervision from Nolan. Um, but after it turned out really good, Christopher Nolan was like, Yeah, go ahead and film the second home video on your own i trust you wholly Uh, wow so they actually like had a really positive director actor working relationship and that christopher nolan really gave him the creative space to really own his role and honestly it's kind of like one of my philosophies of the film industry is like if you trust your creatives they're going to do the best creative work possible. And it really yep. came out in this movie. So, sure. yeah, he that peak performance from memory. We'll find out if that's actually true. <laughs> right. But from memory. I'm sure his performance holds up. I'm sure. It's got to. Yeah, it's the, got to. His performance is the thing I'm least worried about with this movie. Yeah. Yes. Um, I have never seen him 
do a bad performance ever. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Even the movies that weren't great, he was always very good in. Yeah. Um. So he did such a good job that posthumously he won 32 Best Supporting Actor Awards for this wow. film. Including oh, yeah. the Oscar, the Golden Globe, SAG, Critics' Choice oh, Award. Oh, like, get to see any of it, huh? Yeah, Ash. That's oh, it breaks my means. heart. I know. <laughs> I know. So, yeah. So that's sad. But anyway, I- I'm very excited about that performance. Um, so as Ash kind of hinted at earlier, Christopher Nolan insisted on making this film in IMAX. Which, mm-hmm. at the time, there were only four IMAX cameras in the world. Yeah. And they and had to really? build rigs. Yeah, yeah. they had to, like, uh-huh. build really? rigs and shit, because no one yep. had ever filmed anything yep. like this before. That's a brain-exploding fact, because stuff comes out in IMAX. Yeah, well, this was new, yeah. hot stuff at the time, and guess what? With one of the car crashes, they destroyed... <gasps> One of one the, of the cameras. four cameras. Twenty-five oh, percent no. <laughs> so, no. of the world's stock of IMAX cameras were destroyed on the set of this like, film. IMAX is its own like little industry. There's like special theaters for it. How are yeah. there only four? Yeah, yeah but how often do well, new films well, come out of those, Brett? They don't come out often. It, <laughs> well, everything wasn't in IMAX back then. It was, it was the Dark Knight, Iron Man, like that run of spectacle movies. Like Avatar was one of the first to start the trend, but it it wasn't until after that run of superhero movies that like everything was in 3D. Everything was in IMAX. There were more cameras made by then, but back then, like this was it. These were the cameras they had, and then they had three because they destroyed like, one. Yeah, I remember <laughs> IMAX like before this being like. Oh, the thing you go see uh, a nature documentary. Or, or yeah. Just, it was like a science yeah. film in mm-hmm. or something. It yeah, I guess I'm just tainted like by this. like the modern, like the dedicated, yeah. here's the theater where you can see the IMAX version of like all the blockbusters. Everything. But, yeah. Because yep. mm-hmm. my first experience with the IMAX theater was, I think, at one of like the Chicago museums on a field trip. That's probably and it was, right. Like, a yeah. short film about space or something you know what i mean it was mm-hmm. like yeah, yeah. It's like oh imax that's where you go watch like the scientist mo- film yeah i think i've only yeah. seen imax besides you know this uh at the hearst castle and then mm. at omzi in portland mm. oh yeah yeah they have an imax theater too Man, remember going to the movies, guys? Uh, yeah, remember, right. Remember that? The OMSI one is super cool, by the way, just Don't to nerd out because to line up to get inside the theater, they have this um big glass window and you can see them loading the IMAX film reels into the IMAX projector and it's so huge. It's That's crazy. Rad. They're like That's humongous. Rad. It's really I love cool that to see. Shit. So awesome. if you're a big fan of movie popcorn, if your movie theater is open, you can still go. You can still throw a mask on, run in to the concession stand, buy popcorn, and leave and bring it home. I've done that for my wife. Uh, she loves movie popcorn. I've gone, got, and then we watched the movie on Netflix after putting kids. That kind of sounds amazing. Movie That's actually popcorn. really sweet. I it's, like that. That's really but sweet. Can you imagine what a psychopath I look like to people? 
Yes. Other people yes. in the area. I walk in like I mess up. I walk in. I don't buy a ticket. I walk past that. I just walk up the stair. It's like a two tier place where I, I uh-huh. walk up the stairs, go right to the concession, buy a thing of popcorn, pay, and just walk straight out the movie theater with a full <laughs> tub of popcorn. <laughs> what the fuck kind of psychopath did we just witness? <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So uh, another reason why this film was so expensive. Uh, so the scene where the bus crashes into the bank, mm. uh, that is actually a post office disguised as a bank. And mm-hmm. the, <laughs> the entire bus had to be disassembled Whoa. and then rebuilt in the building. Really? Concealed behind a false wall and then propelled backwards with an air cannon. Mm-hmm. What? And then yeah. they played it in reverse to like show it. No, it, because it backs. It oh, backs okay. into the wall. Gotcha. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. they. they take yeah, like ninety percent of this movie. Ninety percent of this movie is like practical effects. Like there are oh, a yeah. few, few like special effects things. Like I think the the, the, the gliding, all the gliding scenes and stuff. But like too. everything else is real. The explosions are real. Like it's crazy the amount of yeah. physical stuff they did in this movie. It's it's insane. So yeah, I have one last parting fact that's kind of very fun. I don't know. It's not funny. It's it's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, and then we can get into our predictions. But this, uh, it it was very overshadowed by how good a job Heath Leather Heath Ledger did. But this movie had Heath a leather leather Heath leather, <laughs> leather daddy um, Heath leather <laughs> leather daddy Heath leather daddy. Uh, this movie had a major PR blunder. Oh, major. Oh yes, I remember this. They, uh, it's. It's not clear who did this. The movie studio does not take credit for it. Um, It's just attributed to a random website related to PR of the film. Uh, Sent out cakes as if they were actually from the Joker. (laughs) But the cakes contained a real cell phone that vibrated inside and had wires sticking out of the cake. And this yep. prompted several of the buildings that received them to go into lockdown because they looked like real bombs. Oh, so, you know what? I love it. I uh, fucking love it. Oh, no, it's so good. No, it's, it's so not. Good. It's so bad. Oh, I love no, it. In in the time of, of domestic terrorism and post 9-11, this was a bad decision and incredibly yeah. bad and misguided I like Dumb the dedication, decision. though. I, I get where Ash what is a, coming from. I mean, it's God. hilarious if you think about it from the perspective of like the Joker. You know, like it's it's so perfect. They, if they if they were somehow Things able like to this. make it more obvious that it wasn't a bomb, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it would have been cute. <laughs> I don't stuff like this. You hear stories every now and then about this. It's not the first time. It won't be the last, right? Of these like big marketing employees that are like, "Holy shit!" And it's yeah. like. This had to go through a no, probably a, so quite a few approvals. people. Yeah. It's like, yeah. how did no one think like, this is a bad idea? And again, oh, not yeah. the first time something like this has happened, not the last time where it seems so obvious, where it's like, man, it's weird when like you have a group of people and sometimes there's like collective like blindness, can, you know, like mm-hmm. collective yeah. like just 
tunnel vision can occur. And it's just mm-hmm. to any like all of us instantly, we're all we're like, oh my god, no, what? Like yeah. except for me. <laughs> yeah, except for Asha. No, don't get me wrong though. I would not do this personally, but from like an outsider's perspective, knowing that all these people are literally running from cake is so good. I'm it's thinking so like funny. the business end of it. This was totally like a subcontracting problem where a real mm-hmm. marketing firm got it and they're like, I don't know fucking anything about Batman. Like, who do we know who knows about Batman? And they're like, oh, yeah, like, this Sky Frank, he's done stuff for us before. Like, let's call <laughs> Frank and have him do a Batman thing. He's like, oh, yeah, like a bomb cake. And, like, it's just, like, one guy, you know? Like, yeah. he's just like, I'm going to do a bomb cake. And they're like, yeah, do whatever you want, Frank. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it was not It was not smart. So. No. You know, no. Don't do that, guys. Word of advice. If you get hired to do PR don't, for a movie. Don't. Do don't pretend to threaten people's lives it's not good i'm Doesn't pretty go well. sure it's still illegal like that's still <laughs> yeah. like it's not good decision not okay um okay so it's so funny final <laughs> no so, in retrospect though so funny no in retrospect it's so <laughs> no, cringy it's it still is. not sorry ash oh, oh, i just disagree all right uh, it may have something to ha- something to do with having actually lost my home to a fire last year, but it's just mm. not funny to me. Yeah. yeah. It's just not. All right. <laughs> predictions. Since I've been talking your ear off for a whole hour. Predictions. Uh, well, I- I'm happy to go first if you, f- if you all want. Yeah, yeah. but also I think, you know, the sur- four of us have communally shared our experiences watching the film. Tell us your experience first watching this film. Sure. I mean, it all ties together, actually. So I had I, Ash and I were having a call about something else related to CPOV, and I had mentioned that I want to come back on, and we I haven't bothered you all in you a guys, while. You know. Yeah, all of you. Well, it was mostly Ash. I was yeah. an angel, so you should fire Ash and hire me. But besides that, <laughs> um, we were talking, and I mentioned The Dark Knight being one of my favorite movies. I watched it so much, and Ash was like, oh, me too. And then we were both like at the same time went, wait, it's been 10 years. We could do that movie. And so Ash suggested I say something, and I did. And I'm glad I did, because it it was at the time when it came out one of my favorite movies. Um, Leading up to the release of that movie and to any Batman on the big screen, I grew up watching Batman. I, like a lot of people my age, grew up watching the animated series, as well as the old Justice League, like Super Friends cartoons. And I always loved Batman, loved Adam West Batman, and then loved the the, the Bruce Timm, all of that stuff. I loved... um. But more importantly, I loved Mark Hamill and I loved Mark Hamill's Joker. When everyone was arguing over how good Jack Nicholson was, I was like, Jack Nicholson was good. I did like his Joker, but Mark Hamill is my Joker. Mark Hamill, I hear Mark Hamill's voice when I read any comic, you know, like that's just, I grew up that way. In the same way I hear Tim Daly's voice in Superman. That is because I've kidnapped him. I've kidnapped Mark Hamill. Um, (laughs) And so I was, I was very obsessed with that character because he was my favorite comic book character because he, especially in the animated series, he was, he was a psychopath and he was a villain and he was a bad person, but you got to see moments of humanity and moments of who he was before. And he was played so well. He was a character that I just liked. Also, I was a gothy angsty kid. So yes, I liked the Joker. <laughs> I also liked Wolverine and Venom. Nobody is surprised. It's fine. But <laughs> that raises his hand, but you know, then we got the live action, you know, Timber and Batmans, and I liked them. And then I even liked the Schumacher ones for different reasons. 
I would argue whether they were good, but I liked them still. But they weren't what I wanted from a Batman movie. And we never got, we didn't really get the Joker the way I wanted him. Because again, Nicholson was good, but different. So the lead up to, I do remember the move, this movie very well when I saw it in theaters. I remember Batman Begins. I remember the trailers. I remember loving that movie. Not necessarily because it was a good Batman movie, but I just thought it was a good movie. I liked the actors. I admit the plot had a lot of holes and it wasn't a great plot, but I loved the cast. I loved, I love Liam Neeson. I love, uh, Michael Caine. You know, <laughs> I, I, I love that whole cast. And so, you know, when they reveal the Joker card at the end of Batman Begins, I lost it because Joker was my favorite character in DC. I got so excited and then saw the trailers and heard Heath. Well, no, I heard Heath Ledger was cast and went, ugh. The guy from 10 Things I Hate About You. And I, at the time, I did unironically love A Knight's Tale. I think Knight's Tale so is a phenomenal, phenomenal movie. But I looked at Heath Ledger and Knight's Tale and went, he's great. He's a great actor. I love him. He's pretty. This isn't the Joker. I don't get it. And boy, did I eat my hat the day it came out because I saw it the day it came out. But when they released the first trailer, I was like, yep. okay, you have my attention, but I'm still not sure. I remember going to see this with my girlfriend at the time, one of my best friends, and we're sitting in like, not the front row, but like the front good row, like the row in the, the front row of the second section. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm vibrating. I'm wearing a Batman t-shirt. Like, I'm just so excited. And I think it's the first movie at that time, at that point in my life, I guess I was what, in college when this came out, um, that... I just didn't say anything the whole movie. I didn't, I didn't, like, I just was completely enraptured by it. Every moment of Heath Ledger's performance, every moment of the movie. And then I proceeded to buy it on a bootleg DVD, like, days later <laughs> and watch it in terrible quality on loop for weeks because I was just so obsessed with his performance. That Halloween, I bought, um, pros like high quality prosthetic scars. I still have a custom Joker coat made in the style that still fits me. I, and wow. I cosplayed as that Joker for many years. I'll send you guys photos later. I just became so upset. I perfected the voice. I perfected the laugh. I don't know if I can still do it. Ask me again after we've watched it. If it comes <laughs> back to me, I will try and do it for the podcast. We'll ask you in six weeks. Right. Because, yeah. That's how long it right. took. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, no, but. You know, I just I became so obsessed with it because also, and I said this a lot at the time, and I'm curious if Brett agrees because I feel like the rest of the room might, but I know Brett is is on and off with Nolan. I felt that the reason The Dark Knight is a great movie is because if you remove the Joker and you remove Batman and you put a renegade vigilante cop and a psychopath unnamed, it would still – and had the same plot, it would still be a phenomenal movie. They are not required to be in this movie. Mm -hmm. I think totally. – and and this is like I don't know if that still holds up, but at the time that's what I remember thinking that this is a great hero versus villain story where no one comes out clean, you know. And then you had all the second like the version of Two Face that we get in this movie from what I remember is so disgusting, like because mm -hmm. it's actual. We like the special effects were so good. You saw the tendons move when he talked and all of that. Like Gary Oldman's performance. Like I just I became so obsessed with this movie and I watched it over and over again for many years. And then. I guess what it came out in 2008. So I probably watched it all the time when it came out on DVD through 2008 to 2009. And then after that with the Marvel stuff and, and the DCEU and how it shifted. And then of course, how disappointing, you know, the dark Knight rises was though. I did still enjoy it to a degree. Um, 
I fell off. I just was like, this was my favorite movie and it's still one of my favorites, but I, I don't think I've watched it in 10 years or no, it maybe I guess five years then it's been a while. Like, because mm-hmm. I just, with all of the newer iterations of Batman and the superheroes, I want to try and watch those and enjoy them, mostly to a failed attempt with a lot of the stuff that's come out on the DC side. And I find myself lamenting about Nolan's trilogy now, and I haven't watched the whole trilogy again yet, but I'm going to watch this movie. I, I want to believe that the performances hold up. However, going from why it means so much to me is I just latched onto my favorite version of my favorite character – why I don't think it's going to hold up is <laughs> I've lived through a fire. We've lived through a coup. Like, we've had Trump as president. Like, I've lived through anti-Semitism on a level now in my life that I didn't, thankfully, have to deal with as much growing up, but I'm dealing with it now. Like, I just feel like the chaos of this movie and the anarchy of the Joker is not going to resonate with me as, like, enjoyment in a way than it did. Mm-hmm. I guarantee there are problematic moments with women and people of color. I'm almost promising it. It might not be as bad as other movies that we've done on you guys have done on the show, but I almost have already accepted that it will be there. If it's not, I'll be genuinely surprised. Um, but my expectation ultimately is that I'm going to love it still. I really, I really do think I will because again, like Sam was saying before Heath Ledger's performance is why this movie is great. It's a good movie his performance makes it great. And I think yeah. that's not going to be affected by time and what I've experienced provided that, you know, like the magic trick line, like I could recite the whole speech. I still have it in my head. Like <laughs> I, I just think I'm still genuinely going to love it. Um, and I'd be disappointed if I didn't, I'd accept it of course, if I didn't, but I would be disappointed if I didn't, I think it's still going to entertain and I'm still really going to enjoy it, but I feel like it might trigger me in a way emotionally that it hasn't in the past because of the life I've lived over the last 10 years since then, or 12 years at this point. I'm, I feel like I mostly agree with, with all of that. We, we had a brief discussion before, uh, we recorded, but, uh, yeah, I have, I have problems with, uh, not so much with Nolan and more like you, you, co- you covered it basically where we live in a country where half of the country are the people who just want to watch the world burn. Uh, okay. <laughs> and yep. I will never be on the side of movies or media cause X thing, but I think mm-hmm. the, uh, what what else would you call it other than like you know Heath Ledger's portrayal of the Joker is like the Ubermensch of the fucking like what these psychos uh, aspire to be <laughs> that we're right. like currently living with uh and sure. i i have problems separating like yeah current reality from past like media so i wonder how much that's going to affect my mm. viewing of this film in that the portrayal of the Joker is no longer a fantastical like psychopath that no one understands. The, uh, the Nolan mystery box isn't so much of a mystery anymore because we've lived with it for a decade in the real world. Uh, and I, yeah, I just don't know how I'm going to feel watching this movie, uh, because I know it's, I know it's going to be great performances. And, but can I, can I deal with, how real it actually ended up being. I will say this really quick, and then I'll let everyone else talk, I promise. Um, I love the Joker. As I said before, he's one of my favorite DC villains. That said, I never saw Todd Phillips' garbage. I have it. I got a free copy somehow. 
that will I remain nameless. So and much. like, I just, I, I, I was going to watch it because I felt like I love this character, right? I need to see it. And then I stopped myself. I said, I don't. I don't have to see everything the Joker's been in, even if he's my favorite DC character, DC villain. Like, mm-hmm. I don't have to see it. And, and the garbage things that Todd Phillips has said since then. And then the garbage, yeah. like, I would, I would argue, Brett, that this movie might have been the starting point. But that version of the Joker in that movie is, from what I've heard, absolutely the icon for those kinds of people, those kinds of sick people who think it's okay to be that person. Um, but the bummer is, is that there's no, there's no line for those kinds of people. They think all Jokers are that Joker. Like it's all okay. And so I absolutely hear you, but I wanted to put it out there for the listener that yes, I love the Joker. No, I hate Todd Phillips. He can die in a fire and I'd never want to watch that movie. For the record, I also love the Joker, but, uh, good God. Yeah. They, all of the gritty yeah. takes on it since like all of the takes since Hamill have been a little yeah. off. Yeah. Hmm. IMO. I would agree. Who next? Brett, go. Brett, go. I just went. I just oh, talked okay. for like 10 minutes about the. I didn't know <laughs> that was like. Well, you didn't think, say your. Yeah, yeah if you think. I said great performances, and oh, okay. I'm worried that I well, you know will we ultimately not enjoy so. this movie uh, because yeah. of the world that it. Uh, I don't want to say the world it created, but the world it presented a weird idealized version of that we actually fucking got. I feel yeah. like, though, the third one is more that. And I could be wrong, but I feel like the third one feels more like that to me. And the Joker just feels like an agent of chaos. And, like, he doesn't really feel like he wants to, like, necessarily overthrow the government to me. He just feels like he wants to sow chaos. And he doesn't mm-hmm. really have an agenda so Just much a is... quick, like, political thought, though, is I think, like, 90% of these fucking Republican psychos that are out, like, being racist mm-hmm. are that. I don't... Th- mm-hmm. I-, I think, yeah. like, a they lot of people yeah. wouldn't, like, if confronted with, like, yo, that's racist. They're like, I'm just joking. I'm just here to push buttons and make people's lives horrible mm. because it inter- yeah. inter-fucking-tains me and not because I'm actually racist, but because I'll allow racism as long as it doesn't affect me because it's fucking hilarious. Ha ha. Other people suffering like, you know, like edgelords. We saw them coming (laughs) since the early two thousands. And they're like, ha 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 Hitler jokes. Ha ha. And like, no, this is where they grew up and they became voters and they fucking blew up the country. (laughs) Oh, did that happen? I haven't checked Twitter in a while. So. All right, Ash, what's your prediction? Especially. I meant literally. Obviously, I know what's been going on. Don't ask me. Okay. All right. If your kid's an edgelord, uh, it just was a slap joke. Them. Yes, it was a joke. I'm not actually ignorant. Um. Uh. So yeah, I you know Christopher Nolan and these films were a huge inspiration to me. Um. Especially when the first one came out around 2005, I was still in high school, and you know it, it was. It was like much like Matt. Um, Batman has always been my favorite superhero. I wasn't really big into superheroes, but Batman has always attracted me. And I think um, it's also because I was a hot topic goth kid that was yeah. like, "Yeah, he's dark and brooding." But also, uh, but on a serious note, the thing that I always <laughs> really, really like about Batman 
especially when like people Ash. compare what i just imagine you being like i'm not really into superheroes but what's this a bat man Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna do with those pointy ears buddy <laughs> the bat suit with the nipples oh man oh, oh not man. the nipples i'm so sorry to interrupt <laughs> um no it's fine i deserve it uh <laughs> Uh, but in a serious note, and this is going to break our friend Case's heart, I'm sure. But like when people say like, well, you know, why don't you like Superman? Why do you like Batman versus Superman? And to me, the thing that I really, really love about Batman is the fact that he's just a real guy. Like he doesn't have superpowers. His superpowers is money and just gadgets. But it it always made me feel like, well, I could do that if I had, you know, the the money and the gadgets. Like he felt more relatable and real to me than some alien dude who's allergic to crystals or whatever. And, <laughs> uh, sorry, sorry, Case, I'm so sorry. Um, but uh, so I always really liked him, and then I loved the wacky zady Adam West version too. Like that whole, you know, decade is of of batman is just so fun um and he just sort of represented this like a real person who could make a difference and do good in the world which i really enjoyed so the and then when these films came out it was so cool you know because you'd always see the wacky zany like tim burton version or the adam west version and then to see it taken seriously it's it's interesting because now all the marvel films sort of do that but this was like the first time we saw like a Superman or super. I'm sorry, a superhero movie really gritty like this. And it, and I will Fuck say that find I'm, out, I'm at the point <laughs> now where I'm so sick of it because right. everyone does it. But at the time, it was like so exciting and new. And it's like, oh, what a cool, fresh take on this. Um, and also, we haven't really talked about like I, I, I was also a huge um, Heath Ledger fan. Like, I loved all of his movies, uh, was really excited to see him. I felt like he was perfect casting, but also uh, Christian Bale. I think Christian Bale is phenomenal, and I think he's a great Batman, and we haven't talked about his performance, but I, I mm-hmm. think his performance in this is also good. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, you know, my cocaine is also <laughs> a treasure. Did so, you know um, that this Batman trilogy is actually a quadrilogy that started with American Psycho? Oh god. <laughs> oh god. Uh, it makes don't sense. do that. It makes sense though. I mean, so much sense. <laughs> oh, that no. movie just traumatized me. Oh. I was so mad at Brett for making me watch it. It <laughs> people ask me movie to watch. Yeah, it, people ask me what the scariest because I love horror films and people mm. ask me what the scariest movie I've ever seen is and it's that movie. That movie is yeah. scary because mm-hmm. that could really happen. Yeah. Yep. As a woman? That's yeah. Real. That is Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bryce's ex-girlfriend's favorite movie was that movie. And I was like, what the fuck Run. is wrong with this psychopath you were dating? Run. Nope. <laughs> Holy fuck. Nope. That should be bad, no bad woman's news. favorite movie. Nope. No. <laughs> All right. Anyway. It was, a, it was his little think... axe dance, that wiggle he does before he murders oh, that dude. No. Stop. Um, anyway, I think <sighs> that all being said, I have not seen this movie for a very long time and i am very concerned about the things that matt brought up that will probably be problematic 
I am concerned that I will watch it now and be like, ooh, uh, you know, um, like I feel like there's probably problematic stuff with Maggie Gyllenhaal's character. Well, I know there is. I mean, uh, like, yeah. She she gets fridged. I mean, she absolutely does, but we'll get to that. Okay. Yeah. I just want to say on record, because Case isn't here to have a conversation about it, Superman would crush Batman in any fight, no matter what. That's not true, because Batman would be prepared. Why would you derail our outro like this, Brett? Shut the fuck up. Get out. Here we go. We're not outroing yet. We got to hear from Pat. Superman could fucking turn Batman to Ash from three miles away. Uh, yeah, dust. Batman like, needs to like just, prepare just, like, and research, like, and Superman is a fucking reporter with superpowers. He would know. He would know what's yeah. being prepared. Mm-hmm. Pat, having this um, fight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I, Why I, do I, they I have love to the fight, movie. Though? My, <laughs> Can't we my shoot mind is blown. I'm powering through. Kiss? I'm powering through. Yeah, it's, so it's a high. Shut the fuck up and let him talk. Oh my god, this is such a long episode already. I have to pee so bad, I will murder you, Brett. Just. Christ. <laughs> I'm already so tired. We haven't even watched the movie. Um, I loved the movie when I was watching it. Or I first saw it. I've seen it a ton of times. I couldn't tell you the last time I saw it, but I probably will recite like 90% of the lines. It's just I did love it. I think it will still hold up as a very good movie. Um, everything that's been said, yes, there's going to be issues with... There's going to be some issues and things that don't hold up. It's going to be crazy to see... I think going back how much we joke about it, but really how much film has riffed off this for the last decade and just mm-hmm. stolen from it. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to, I want to see if there's anything else that jumps out of this. I know it's like, yeah, Heath Ledger thing is going to be great. It's going to be fine. We're going to talk about stuff that's like, maybe doesn't hold up, but I'm just, I'm really curious. What, what are the other nuggets we're going to find? Like, what are like, Oh, I didn't remember that. Or oh, it's mm-hmm. crazy that they did that at that time. So I'm really curious with the unknown. What are the, un- I feel like I know a lot of the topics we're going to talk about already. Mm-hmm. I'm really curious what's going to come up. I'm going to come back with like red letter media is like 20 questions. Like I have questions <laughs> about this plot. <laughs> All right. I will say we we haven't even talked about the CG, even though Nolan doesn't like CG. I'm pretty sure there's some heavy CG on Two Face's face as there well is. as prosthetics, mm-hmm. and that I'm concerned about not holding up. More like yeah. 3D faces. Oh, oh, no. bazing! So was that good? Was no. it? It was horrible. <laughs> no. Um. So two things that really. Stand out in my memory of this movie. Um, one is that Heath Ledger's Joker truly gave me the experience as an audience member of like watching an unpredictable character. I remember being on the edge of my seat and being like, I literally cannot predict what this character is going to do. Uh, yeah. And it was just, it was amazing because sometimes he does kind of, I wouldn't say the right thing, but he does things that are less bad. And you're like, oh, maybe he's not that crazy. And then other times he just does inexplicably horrific things. Um, And I think the scene that really like stands out in my memory is like, holy shit, this guy, it, it cannot be trusted is when he is on the pile of money and he just lights it on fire. 
Oh, like yeah. that mm-hmm. is such a beautiful character moment of like this guy really doesn't care. Like his motivation isn't money. It isn't it, like and when you don't know a character's motivation, it creates this unpredictable chaotic force and i mm-hmm. think that's what this mm-hmm. film got so incredibly right um the other thing that stands out and it's a very common thing for nolan films is his ability to leave space for the score so we saw mm-hmm. this with inception we see this with the prestige um and it's i really like that you know he's not afraid to have a scene that's driven by the cinematography and by the score Um, And I think it creates these really beautiful films that are balanced between dialogue and visually pleasing and stunning moments. So I'm excited to see how well those hold up in this movie because I, like you had said, you watched this movie a ton that year. In art school, This the soundtrack to this movie is like what Mm -hmm. everyone drew to for like a whole year. You know, like wow. everyone had it on repeat on their iPods, like drawing and drawing class. So I'm very excited to watch it again. All right. Yeah. Well, we're going to pause the show and go watch The Dark Knight. And we will see you in the That was beautiful. Wrong movie. Wrong movie. I mean, Batman. (laughs) Definitely our finest work. Um, That movie, I'm just going to come out the gate and say that movie is too long. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I disagree. Too long. (laughs) Not long enough. You felt felt its length. You were sitting in the movie going, I'm bored. This is too long. Really? Mm -hmm. I disagree. Mm -hmm. Out of the gate, I wholeheartedly disagree. I saw the time and was like, that's too long. And then watching it, I was completely wrapped. I am I very, 20 minutes very, that could be. Yeah. Like there. I'm, I'm just also like very, you got two hours. That's a movie. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's two hours. Anything but over two hours movie. is too the- long in my opinion. And I'm very think- much like anytime I watch a movie, it doesn't matter. Even the Marvel movies, like I love them, but like, too fucking long. I got but what twenty minutes would you take out? I that, I'm not think. saying little that. Here, I'm there, not saying you but... can edit. You know, like maybe you could tighten it up a little bit. She it was would a little speed slow the whole film up by like point yeah. five percent. <laughs> so that you are joking, Sam. But I literally considered. I was like, I wish I could play this faster. I did have that thought <laughs> while watching this film. Wow, so serious. <laughs> i'm not but i agree with you matt though with your counterpoint of like i'm not saying like story-wise that there's anything that you could cut out i'm just saying 
In it was fact, too long for I human think existence. We need another hour to explain Harvey Dent's very quick descent into madness because he yeah. got real evil um, real quick. Real yeah. quick. This is true. I'm still picturing him telling one of his scar origin stories, but like cranked up the speed and like his right. voice a little Sound like a chipmunk. So I had this wife and uh <laughs> My father was a drinker and a bell pepper, and he came home one night. He gets out to my mother, and he's like, "Hey, why those?" It's oh, oh man, how I got these cars. I will say something. One of my favorite things about going back to a movie like twelve years later is noticing the bit parts of actors who are now working. Like, oh yeah, there's yeah. one of the thugs who brings the Joker to the Black Mobsters. Um, one of the young thugs is actually a regular on Star Trek Discovery. He plays a character oh, named Booker. Wow. And I recognized him immediately. I just, I saw his face and I was like, that's his face. And it's just, it's fun to go back and watch old stuff that these folks got their starts in and recognize them as like, you know, who, people who go on to be big names. Same with like the guy who plays Scarecrow. Like I totally forgot mm-hmm. that he was mm-hmm. in this movie. Silly and Murphy. I, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I love that guy. He's so amazing. And I'm not saying that he was like a nobody before this film, but he's definitely taken off since. This oh yeah, film. that was like around the time that he was starting to get some mm-hmm. lead stuff too. Yeah, wasn't he in Twenty Eight Days Later? Also, wasn't that him? Yes, I, I think, think that was so. him. Maybe I thought so. anyway. Was it? It definitely I mean, looks I never, like him. It was a zombie horror movie, so I never saw it. I just remember seeing him in the ads. What? I thought. You've never <laughs> yeah, seen 28 Days Later? Later? Nope. Don't shocking. do scary movies. Oh, well, okay. Not shocking. I, but okay. I'm not the only good, good one. Morning. I forgot about With this. the exception of some I'm recent stuff, alone. I don't do scary movies. You are not alone. So. Uh, but it's oh. the best. No, it's torture. <laughs> Why do people torture themselves with films <laughs> I, like that? Because I'm it in is, that weird one of the good ones. Go ahead. Sorry, yeah. Pat. I was going to say with scary movies, I'm in that weird middle ground where it's like, I don't watch them by myself. I don't go right. out of my way to watch them. But, but in a group, I'm all for watching it. I don't know. It's one oh, of those things. So I don't know. Much fun so I wouldn't group. call myself yeah. like a horror. Yeah. Cause there are people who I would say like are horror fans. They love movies. They see most of them. They like them. And I don't know that I'd call myself a horror fan, but the act of seeing a scary movie in a group, I do enjoy that very much. That whole like group camaraderie. Yeah, you never like, know hey, what we're gonna you're do gonna this get. fucked up thing together and yeah. I'm gonna be a big big, big scary movies pat. are like a yeah. box of chocolates. You never know what you're gonna get. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> do yeah, you uh, basically though described gonna... mine and Brett's high school is we would just get a bunch of us together and watch mm-hmm. scary movies. That was real fun. And it was great. Yep. Yeah. My first date with Brett was to a scary movie. It wasn't I feel a like scary the story movie, has though. come up before. It has. This it sounds has. familiar. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like exactly on a it, podcast Sam. I've been on. I feel like the 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 <laughs> Evil Dead episode we did, the Army Darkness that one, I feel tracks, like that story that got told. Deja vu. <laughs> it's just you. It's the aura you give off. It's the aura. I bring up the horror. I mean, I agree, Pat. Like, I hated playing horror video games, but I streamed Dead Space 1 and 2 th- last year because it was fun with an audience watching me play, especially mm-hmm. folks who knew the game were watching me play and, like, saying, hey, watch out, as I'm getting jump scared and losing it. Um, 
But oh, yeah, you by are myself, not never. going to like Last of Us 2 then. It is very uh, scary. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, but it's a different kind oh. of scary. It's more stressful and suspense. Yeah, I'm okay. a way bigger sissy with scary video games than... Because <laughs> you're in it. You're like the person yeah, in the video game. And that, I'm a much bigger sissy than movies. <laughs> I can watch pretty scary movies and even scary video games. I, I was too scared of like the first Bioshock. I was like, <laughs> okay. The first yeah, Bioshock is very scary, though. Dude, those whatever those thing people are. Splicers. Yeah. Are, yeah. They're terrifying, man. It is very. Listen, I started playing it recently and I had never played it before. And I'm me. So, of course, I have like the lights off and everything. And I was like, this is spooky. I'm a little <laughs> freaked out. <laughs> so, how about that Batman? <laughs> How oh yeah, right. That Batman. Can I tell you <laughs> all Batman. my favorite line uh, Your favorite from line? this film was yeah. when Morgan Freeman's like, "Huh, you want to be able to turn your head?" And I was just like, "Such a <laughs> yes, everyone does." Morgan, thanks. <laughs> the movie started, and I, Sam was like, "I'm having a hard time looking at him in the Batman costume and not just seeing George Clooney." Yeah, that first scene. <laughs> oh, I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, because it's it's the one giant piece, the cowl. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, pretty funny. Uh, I forgot that this m- movie had some legitimately funny lines, oh, especially it's so between funny. between yeah. Michael Caine and and Christian Bale, but also Christian Bale and Morgan Freeman, like genuinely like silly, goofy lines, mm-hmm. or even like the scenes with you know Heath Ledger. And the Batman, like, there's just, like, these, like, quirky, quippy mm-hmm. lines that, like, on paper probably didn't read as funny. But the way that they're, like, performed, like, when he sits down next to Harvey Dent in the hospital and he's like, hi. Yes. so that hilarious. Mo- that de- that delivers. such a good there's- moment. Yeah. That one stands out to me, that deliver, the hi. Because mm-hmm. it- it's all in the delivery. And then... Also, Heath Ledger, when he's in the interrogation room after he got beat up by Batman and the cop, and, he, and he's like, how many of your friends did I kill? And he says, he like has his little spiel, the cop, and he goes, and you killed six of my friends. And his delivery is just like, six. Like, ooh. Like, yeah. he doesn't even say yes. it. He just mouths. He just goes, mouths, six. He's like, ooh, ooh that's just, a lot. Yeah. Oh, like, very good. Um, But what you were saying earlier, Ash, is I love... And they've, it's because they've worked together, because they've worked together on many, many, um, Michael Caine and Christian Bale have Michael really good rapport. Michael Caine have really good rapport. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so did these three movies, they did Prestige together. Oh, right. Um, yeah. Well, wait, Michael Caine's in its inception. For sure. I have no, a hard time believing that Michael Caine ha- doesn't have good rapport with anyone. With anybody? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's true. Yeah, that's true. He's he even has good rapport with uh, Mike Myers in the Austin Powers movie, <laughs> and probably the best part of that movie. So, how would those movies do on this show? <laughs> I would I don't love. Know. To I, do feel that. Like they, I feel like they. I feel like they. They got some. They probably have some dirt. There's. They definitely have problematic stuff, but I don't know. Uh, Patrick Williams did a video essay on them and said that there was a lot of stuff that did hold up from a filmmaking perspective. Yeah, I feel like because I actually, well, this is like a whole can of worms, but I had not seen it. Some like I when it came out, I remember my mom renting it 
and we put it in and watched it for five minutes. And my mom was like, oh, no. And she like took it out. And <laughs> my mom's like super religious. And so she was like, absolutely oh, not. I don't yeah. know what she was thinking when she rented the movie. Anyway, uh, so I hadn't seen it until like maybe like five or six years ago. And I was just like, this is unbelievably funny. This is so <laughs> great. It, I feel like it really... I mean, that was like five or six years ago, but like it really held up well, in my opinion. All right. For the five or six years ago. Yeah, I don't know had, about now. <laughs> we saw it pretty recently, too, and it was, yeah, at least 80% as good as it was when it was new. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, I have to say, though, I, especially, ugh, man, I just, I di- I didn't want to say the words Brett was right, but oh, I left this movie being like, "Oh no!" I got so I, many did thoughts. You, your did point. you drink the haterade? I did not haterade. <laughs> Come on, I'm not hating on, on it, but I definitely see like, <laughs> "Come on!" I definitely see the comparison, and like, just you know, I just. I hope I didn't color it for There's you so- previewing. Oh, it's not you. It's like the current climate we're living yeah. in. And then like as the movie Absolutely. finished, Bryce turns to me and he's like, oh, wow, the FBI just issued warnings that this weekend uh, extreme right wing activists are planning to attack every capital of every state. Let- let's let's make an addendum to that to headline right wing uh-huh. terrorists. Please. Please sure. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Uh, not, absolutely. Not your Please, fault. Thank you. It's the media, but just yeah. for us, I would like to. Yeah. Know I went on a whole rant last night about that. Can we just please call them terrorists for the love? No, of God, you're you're 100 percent right. <laughs> and, but it's just like it's just like holy shit! Like we are living this in real time, mm-hmm. and it's terrifying. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I mean, on I, that note. Oh wait, go ahead, Matt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, Brett, please. I just wanted to talk about some of the very interesting things that happened in this movie. Are you going to um, ruin this so that we can't say anything positive after this? Because maybe he's going to bread it up. I know. Should I have not brought it up this early? I'm sorry. If <laughs> well, <laughs> it would okay. be real so, weird, so. real weird. If you're like, brace this yourselves. Movie. <laughs> he's going to open a big can of bread. <laughs> this brace <laughs> yourselves for the bad reviews. <laughs> Here we come. Here, here comes those one star. I must, I must start with. I'm going to start with the easy one, which is. Okay. Um, did you guys know that the giant spy machine, uh, is a, is a thing? Well, yeah. Yeah, that exists. That I'm tech sure. actually exists. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's existed since then. Also, it wasn't yeah. even futuristic. Oh wow. And but oh, really? the, but the wild wild thing is is that it doesn't do what it does in the movie. It's just for advertising because of fucking course it is. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, it doesn't actually. It spies mm-hmm. for advertising. It doesn't spy to know where you are or follow yeah. you or anything. The, yeah. the high well, frequency sonar when... of letting advertisers know exactly what you're watching and talking about at all times, so they can advertise to you. Totally. <laughs> I remember back in the day where that when the LG TV thing came out. You gotta learn these acronyms, Ash. What? Brett. What are you talking what? about? LG TV. LG, the company. The television. Oh, my God. The television. Not LG TV. Oh, 
Oh, my God. You fucking dickwad. You fucking go sit in the corner, you dickwad. I opened this for you. I opened this can of worms for you, and you came at me. She had your back. me, bro. We were, we were all ready to shit on you, and Ash you saved your ass. It. No, Loach, come on. talk about the TVs. And she's backing uh, up your point. Jesus, yes. Brett. I'm in a different you know brain space. You know what? You have been just like Twitter. I'm putting you on pause. You have you have vocaled too many times today. Account suspended. <laughs> Account suspended. Uh, Delete that. No, I remember tweet, when the <laughs> the LGTV fucking a television. <laughs> just say television. Please. I remember when the television thing came out and they were like, or no, actually, was it LG or was it Samsung? Anyway, one of them, they were like, be careful what you say around your TV because it's listening to you. And I was just like, I fucking told you all that they're listening to us because everybody thought I was crazy. And I remember being like, I noticed that I would I would just be around friends and they would mention something and then I would start getting ads for it. And I was like, I've never searched this thing ever. Um, I'm not interested in this not crazy and people that say that their devices are listening in are not crazy it is fact because i know through Mm -hmm. channels (laughs) that i can't say on a public platform that it is a thing that a person who i'm connected to programmed so oh interesting because i have also i used to work for mozilla it's a thing trust me yeah i worked for a guy who uh helped make what is it watson the the yeah. intelligence IBM. the ai yeah. that does it and he was like oh yeah they're definitely listening to you for yeah, marketing absolutely reasons. and i was yeah, like hands mm-hmm. oh cool yeah yeah so, i don't yeah. think people are crazy for bringing that up i've just given up all hope on doing anything about it it's like <laughs> yeah. i have a phone you have a phone like i can't control your phone even if i can control mine That's so just mm-hmm. when you start fucking with like the uh the ads and you just start like listing the brands. Yeah. Well, okay. Like, this yeah. is so, going to cost you, you bastards. I've done Whoa. that and I regret it a lot. <laughs> uh, cause I follow that blog, the worst things for sale. And I that- click on the ads <laughs> for the things that are the worst things for sale. And Amazon thinks I want to buy that stuff. And my recommendations oh, no. are fucked up. But, but that is, you how think you your are recommendations led? are fucked up? No, no, trust I have two me. friends that are pregnant. All I get is fucking wedding rings and baby shit now. Yeah. yeah but do you um, get advertised the sham bong yes. and tactical bacon? Because yes. that's what I get. Yeah. Um, don't forget the <laughs> sex sounds toys. So awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I hey. mean, those are those are okay. If you ask yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh, that sounds point. way better There's, than baby shit. I feel like oh. I've heard people a lot of times they joke about like you want to fuck with your algorithms, like keep them on their toes. I'm like, you know what? No, they're gonna spy on me anyway. We all have our computers and our phones and our Alexas and our Google homes spying on us. I'm like, you know what? I curate my algorithms. Cause you know what? If they're going to fucking spy on me anyway, why not make my life a little cushier yeah. and easier? So right. yeah. I, yeah. I nurture my algorithms. I tend to them like bonsai <laughs> trees and I'm, <laughs> I'm very like, protective of why, them. Yes, because you know I what? I would I'm like this tra- Mandalorian t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Thank <Yes>. you. <laughs> Depending on how well Brett edits this, it'll either be great or a nightmare for the people who are actually here to hear about Batman. I'm just oh, saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Just throwing that out there. Um, Not okay. that Look, I care. This want- is great. My fault. I opened the can of worms and said the words. That's right. If you want super nuanced, targeted 
breakdowns of film, go listen to Blank Check, okay? Like, yeah. <laughs> Stop <laughs> we directing people to the other podcast that does our no, show. Our last one. No, the Blank last Blank Check oh. is your show. Ash. Sorry. Not, not Blank Check Pod. No, there's a podcast no, called. No, I meant the podcast Blank Check. With yeah, Justin there's a podcast yes. called Blank Fire Check, Chair, guys. Pat. That's Pat. what he's talking about. Ash, good call. <laughs> Pat the fuck. No, you all no. need to fucking trust me more, man. How do you know what Pat's talking about? Coming at me? How? Yeah, because he talks about it on every episode. No, I've mentioned it like podcast. twice. <laughs> I've mentioned it like twice. <laughs> Quit dick riding, uh-huh. blank check, Pat. <laughs> it's a good show. Apparently, <laughs> better than do? ours. <laughs> what are you it's listeners not, doing here? Pat says, ours "Leave is, and go listen to a this better is like, show." This is like how Pat is constantly promoting uh, Stout Cold Brew on on our stream because he wants to get sponsored. Mm-hmm. He secretly wants to get on Blank Check, and he's just like, "I'm going to just keep of saying course. it until they I notice know he me." Hey. Notice it, me, it, senpai. They sent us like a dozen coupons for free bottles of Stoke for the for our cast for joining, for joining call. call film because I finally hounded them enough. Anyway, I feel like <laughs> Sam's been awesome. trying to make That's a point really cool. for the past like five minutes. I don't know if I have a point anymore. You had a good one. I do. I have a lot you of did. points. Sam's got a really good one, and it, okay. it blew my mind. I was like, <sighs> while we were watching the movie, but are we sure we want to go there first? Go there first. Listen, we've All right. we've already yeah. opened the Brett can of worms. Well, How I mean, could it be I, worse? I will oh, put it up boy. front so we can come back to it. That I still love this movie, and I'll explain why. It has oh, its yes. problems. But but I yeah, I don't think this is leading towards a place where we all hated the movie. No, there are things. No, 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 not at all. So so, um, did 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 you guys notice that the Joker only kills black people on screen and minorities? Ooh. Besides the besides the, the clowns, okay. after the opening besides sequence, the clowns after the, the people, opening sequence, yep. he only and the kills prison black scene where he blows screen. up the other guy. But but he didn't, but he didn't really screen, know. He calls. Oh, but that's not on screen. Yeah, that's right. You're right. The Joker's superpower is that he's a racist. Well, though the guy in the video in the meat locker is white. Yeah, but you don't see him kill him. Oh, we're saying like super- the ones you visually no. see him kill, like do harm to. Oh. Yeah, problem. Yeah, this, this is no, this is probably a terrible podcast. But the visual, everyone looks so deeply disappointed <laughs> that I, Sam brought this up. I was going to Joker's save a, it for later. Cowboy. And- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he is well, literally like yeah. Like if the Proud Boys were around, he would have been like, ah, I'm a Proud Boy. Like I that would have been his thing in this movie. I, or he would have been the boogal- with the Boogaloo boys. He I mean, definitely I would say, have recruited them. I mean, yeah, that's I mean, for sure. I will say, though, that we don't actually see him kill anyone. Like, we don't see the violent act. They cut away from it most of the times. Like, yeah, you see true. the body drop or you see, like, the, the whoever buckle over. But you don't see him cutting flesh. You don't see him, sta- like, in, actually inserting the knives into people. Which I think is just generally... He did disappear the pencil. He did disappear the pencil. But you don't see the insertion. Mm-hmm. It's off screen, just below. You just see him come back up. But but I but yeah, I didn't. I, you're. I never noticed that. But you're absolutely right, Sam. Everyone that we see the violent act actually play out on screen is to a person of color. And yeah. th- that is, uh, and also except for the wait, who did he? Who was in the lock? What, when? What was that? What scene were you talking about? The the cell phone guy. The, the cell phone guy. The the wannabe vigilante. The Batman copycat. Yeah. He has him in the meat locker, and he makes takes a video of him like kind of fucking with him, and then he- 
Oh, he yeah. Just, like, screams. The body he just, like, hanging. laughs and he yeah, screams. Yeah, we see the body hanging. Okay. He's the one who yeah. was, like, hanging outside the mayor's office. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, there's but, one anyway. non-black guy. Good job. <laughs> well, no, you don't see it on screen, But you don't see that. No, that one doesn't. But still. Yeah. And I guess it's... And he he put the phone... he And he put the phone in the guy. But you don't see We don't see him blow up. I mean, do you count him exploding people? Because... That definitely. But we still happens. don't see who explodes in that scene. Like we can infer based on who scene? was in the cell. Yeah, I, they cut I, away to the bigger explosion. I meant, but more you can like, see the people in the big explosion. That's true, but he doesn't. But he's not like there. Like that. Yeah, was I meant the, like they're like physically killing, right? Like he, physically, yeah. okay. Mutilating yeah. or threatening, yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I will say to, pick, to I will piggyback on that by saying, while I still love Heath Ledger's performance. The whole scene with Maggie Gyllenhaal in the party when he's touching her and like mm. moving her hair and putting the blade near her mouth, like it made the, all of it made me uncomfortable Very, oh, in it a did. way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, which is kind yeah. of the point, and I get, but like it's just that's definitely something when I was younger and I was excited about Batman, I didn't think about. Whereas now I'm just like, oh my God, there is no consent in this yeah. moment. This is terrible. It's gross. I, it's horrible. Every which woman is watching that scene. Yeah. Skin crawls because we've all had at least yeah, a, a watered down version of that experience of like you are mm-hmm. too close to me without my permission and I am uncomfortable. But yep. I have had coworkers kiss me on the face. And oh I was like, cool, no, not, not yes. okay with this. Ooh, fuck. I have too. Yeah, at it's at un- work social events uh-huh. where I was like, mm, no, no, thank well, you. It's terrible. No. But you want to know they, how you stop that? Th- those scenes. How <laughs> you turn your head and you make them accidentally kiss your ear? It will never happen again. <laughs> <laughs> well, they didn't. They one of them was like the top of my head, which was weird, and then one was like the cheek. And like I get it, it's like a, you know, no, nope, no, nope, like there's no getting like it. whatever. Oh, yeah. no, but there's no I'm understanding not it. It's comfortable not okay. with it. No, the West I Coast kiss, is I kiss, as far from Europe as possible. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, t- I yeah. kiss two people on the head my nephews and nieces so that group of humans and my spouse I don't kiss anyone else on the head that's inappropriate and unacceptable and even yeah. then I ask if I can kiss my nephew or niece or nibblings like I don't yeah. just show up and do it like yeah. not okay no. that was a real creepy scene <laughs> yeah. I mean those two scenes yeah and they're meant to be super creepy and off-putting and they are obviously I mean sharp thing near mouth is a very unco- I don't like um, yeah. But mm-hmm. you know what's funny, and, and it was still off-putting and creepy. The scene with Gamble, though, in his pool hall went a lot quicker than I remember. I feel like I remember that, like for the first time I'm watching it, that scene just the tension and lasting so long, and me being terrified. Like, are they going to show him do it, cut his mouth and yeah. stuff? And it was actually really quick the scene, but I remember thinking it was much longer. Like remembering it is much longer. Oh, which credit I to the too. filmmaking, yeah. which I feel like credit to the filmmaking, maybe because it's so tense and you're like, uh, God, don't, don't show, don't show the thing. Don't show the oh, thing. I mean, I would like, give Sam credit there for that because what Sam said earlier about the music before we watched, like mm-hmm. every scene that's tense has that low synth hum and they yeah. drag that synth hum before they bring in percussion to make like the, on the punctuated the moment, like the cut. To literally cut the tension and like that synth line happens at least three or four times or more in the movie. And every time it conveys the same thing. 
and mm-hmm. the score builds or breaks down based on it, which I I've noticed before, but I paid even closer attention to this yeah, time. Yeah, so you know exactly yeah. what's coming. Mm-hmm. I was yeah, really confused I- by that scene, though, Pat, that you mentioned because he has the knife in the guy's mouth, and then we cut to a reversal from the guy's back. You know, like we just see his back, and we're assuming. That he slices his cheek open, and then the guy falls down as if he's dead. But that would not kill you? We don't know what he did to his face. He could have plunged the knife into the back of his head. He could have, like, we don't we don't see the actual we don't know. action. Right. We see him so, fall. Okay. So he could have done anything with a knife inside his that head. that maybe he slit his throat instead or something. Because I was like, it's cutting possible. his cheek open wouldn't kill him. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's icky. He's got another one. Don't, yeah. don't, make, don't make me keep um, going. Okay. But yes, that scene was super tense. And I, having seen this movie multiple times, sat through that scene with my eyes covered and like curled up in the yeah. fetal position because it was so, mm-hmm. uh, well, I will say well directed. Like it, yeah. he had a clear motive for what emotion he wanted his audience to feel and he executed that perfectly. Um. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I know I, we're gonna the whole corners of the mouth thing stuff is so. Un- I I for some reason it's a huge thing. I'm just. I mean, it's. I think anyway, it's like it's awful and pleasant. There's another movie where they were almost gonna do that to someone. It's a Elijah Wood movie actually called Green Street Hooligans, and mm. it's kind of good movie. Um, well, there's Pan's but- Labyrinth, which in my opinion did it. Oh even yeah, more oh, oh the- yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That whole thing was new. I yeah. need an edited version of that movie, the the G-rated Pan's Labyrinth, because I do love it, but it is a traumatizing With only movie, the fantastical so stuff. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, um, so, do you want me to go next? Okay. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Sam. I know we're going to talk about it, but I'll, I'll just come out of the gate. Uh, Heath Ledger's performance still is fucking top-notch, guys. Like, mm-hmm. And it's the subtle things that like mm-hmm. unless you're looking for them you don't notice them but you feel them like in the beginning yeah. um you know the joker's talking with people and they're like in that weird kitchen mobster meeting and they're mm-hmm. like oh this crazy guy and like he just he has this moment of like clarity where he's like I- i'm not crazy like Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Like, you feel that. Like, mm-hmm. he, you don't need to beat people over the head with, like, he's had a bad past. He's been called names. Like, he's been called crazy. Like, in the delivery of that line, you know his mm-hmm. past. You know mm-hmm. what he's sensitive about. And, mm-hmm. like, yeah. mm-hmm. oh, it's, it's, well, it's and just getting so called good. crazy is like, seems to be a violence trigger for him throughout the movie. It happens a few times and, he always does something real, real awful right after that. Yeah. Yep. yeah. It, well, they don't really talk about it in this movie, but his backstory is he was he was locked up for being crazy. He was in Gotham's what's it called? Um, well, type, it depends on the iteration of the Joker. There are lots of different mm-hmm. backstories. Right. Well, and the and, thing is, is Nolan said with this, the reason that he tells one story to the mobsters and another story to Rachel is because. That way the audience doesn't know which is true. They could both be true for all we know. Mm-hmm. The idea mm-hmm. is he didn't want this Joker yeah. to have a clear past like uh, the comic book one. There's yeah, there's there's 
multiple different iterations of his backstory, depending on, like I said, the, the movie or the comic or the film or the show or the iteration. Um, like the quote unquote technical chemical one is like the, is the chemical vat. And he was like mm-hmm. a patsy for the mob. And mm-hmm. it, it's, but my headcanon for Dark Knight is he does reveal his, and this is not my theory. It's, it's been well batted around on forums and subreddits and whatnot, but my, per, it just really hit home for me. And like the timing and the error of it just feels so perfect that I'm like, yeah, that just makes, feels like it makes so much sense is, he does say he does let slip what his real origin is when he's in the hospital with Harvey. Mm. And he says, uh, a truckload of soldiers gets blown up and no one freaks out. And it's a quarter. Like I totally, in my, my head cannon, he is a like Iraq, Afghanistan war veteran who was no. like, it's why he knows demo. It's yeah. why he's knows like tactics. And like, maybe he was sense. an intelligence. Mm. He knows about interrogations. Interesting, I never thought about that. It's why um, he also doesn't, doesn't immediately get his ass kicked in a fist fight with Batman. Yeah. yeah. And, and he also is, says yeah. to Batman, he's like, what What should I do? Just go back to ripping off mob members? And like, we just saw him starting to do that. So it seems like he didn't have much of a history in Gotham before he got there recently mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like, it I, feels- I totally see him as he was got sent over for this mm-hmm. meaningless war, got blown up like an IED, lost people, got got disfigured, and we treat our veterans horribly. Like, we do not take yeah. care of them when they come back, like, too often. And he talks and, about fairness. Like, he does seem to care yeah. about fairness, and he seems to believe that chaos is fair. And so it seems like he's trying to spread the chaos that maybe he saw during war. Mm-hmm. and, and yeah. bring it here it's interesting I, I wanted to propose a question to everyone which is mm-hmm. what do you guys think the joker wants oh interesting oh i i know what i think he wants i have an go answer ahead. too i go okay <laughs> i i mean i think he wants to spread chaos but more specifically i think he very directly wants to turn Batman. I think he sees Batman as a challenge and he because this whole movie he's like talking about like it's it's all to provoke Batman and he only shows up when Batman's there. You know, like he he didn't like he says in the movie like a year ago you guys were totally fine doing your thing. And now Batman shows up and you have problems. I think he sees Batman as like this ultimate challenge. And he just wants to twist Batman and manipulate him into something evil and make Batman do something evil. And that's why when Batman kicks him off that building and he is falling, he is laughing because that's exactly what he wants. He wants Batman to commit murder. And he wants to be the one that Batman kills. But then Batman grabs him and pulls him up. He's like, oh, you just couldn't let me go, could you? You can't be turned, can you? He says. Or something to that effect. Interesting. So, I, And then he's like, why would I want to kill you, Batman? Because you're my perfect nemesis. You know, you, yeah. you complete me. That's, See, I that's... have a... I have... Oh, go ahead, Sam. Um. 
piggybacking on ashes that's kind of what i think he wants not so specific in yours is like it has to be batman i think he wants to not be alone he wants a partner in chaos yeah so he's he's an agent of chaos he knows what he's gonna do but he's not getting an external factor so he can predict what everyone is gonna do life is really boring for him right he wants to turn somebody into an an agent of chaos to be kind of counter to him, which is why he tries to turn mm-hmm. Harvey Dent and why he's so excited about that. And Yeah. I think there's an element of that. And he in general wants to topple authority figures, especially yeah. like moral authority figure who, 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 again, going back to that, that was not my theory. I just saw it. And I was like, yeah, that really feels like a tracks and just seems to really yeah. Yeah. make sense. And it's again, it would be like more these authority figures like in these roles in government or you know local state federal of like we're the good guys we're the good guys but they're like fucked him over fuck and people maybe people right. he cared about over so he just that's the whole agent of chaos thing it's like oh their order it's really like what they call order it's like they're on top and they're making the rules and everyone's puppets that dance it's like fuck that shit i'm going to pull the rug out from under you and mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think he wants to not just chaos in general, specifically, he wants to topple authority figures and people that are held up, whether through their own, they're doing it for themselves or other people are holding them up as like shining examples of like good people. And he's like, fuck you. No one's that good. Like, Mm. I'm sounding like I'm sympathizing with him. I'm not, I'm saying he's a psychopath. No, no, no. Yeah. I'm actually kind of in between everybody because, like, I think Pat's right, but I think it's mostly that he wants everyone an even playing field. Like, when he's being interrogated, he's like, don't be like them. You're not like them. You're like yeah. me. We're all at this level. But also, like, I'm inferring because, as I said, I'm a big Joker fan, and so I've read his various origins and stuff. Joker doesn't hate Batman at all. Mm-hmm. Joker loves Batman. Yeah. Joker wants to be with Batman. I don't know necessarily romantically, but for sure, f- like as a friend, like because in at least in the animated series, that's how it was always played. Joker's like he calls him bats. He thinks he's his friend. He's just playing with him. It's twisted, yeah. but he's playing a game because he wants an agent of chaos to work with him. Like Sam said, like I think it it's it's an it's a rivalry in the way you said Ash, but I think less in it's the rivalry like fr- competitive friendly rivalry, except. Batman oh, I didn't mean see it, it was, that way. Yeah, I didn't mean it as a rival. I meant it exactly like what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. that's it, that's how I see it, and that's it, why it, that's why he's la- like he's mm-hmm. enjoying it. That's why he's, he's laughing as he's falling yep. to his potential death. Is like he, yeah. I don't think he hates back and the the oh you made it. I'm so overjoyed or whatever he says. Mm-hmm. Like I totally believe that for sure. Yeah. I think that his performance, I agree with Sam, is is top notch. It's not. It's it's it. The performance is untouchable. Some of the things he does make me more uncomfortable now as an adult than they did when I was a little younger. But like the hospital scene will always be my favorite scene because mm-hmm. both him and Aaron Eckhart are on display, and Aaron Eckhart doesn't even have to say that much. It's his physical movements in the mm-hmm. hospital scene, but like the hi, yeah, like that moment. It it. it pulls me every time and then he's like my favorite line is i'm like a dog chasing a car i don't know what i'd do if i caught it like that mm-hmm, whole yeah. moment is very much why i love his portrayal of this character and this character it's this 
he doesn't even know why he's doing it sometimes. He just knows he has to do it. And it's not right yeah. or wrong. Like, we're not talking about the ethics of the Joker because he's obviously an insane criminal. But, like, those performance moments are what make me love this movie as well as, like, Gordon's humanity throughout the whole film also. Like, Gary Oldman is unimpeachably one of the best actors alive. Absolutely. And in this movie, he's taking – He's taking a character like Commissioner Gordon, who is very milquetoast, can be very plain, like, I'm just the good cop. But he plays it so well. The scene where he has to approach his wife after pretending to be dead, she slaps him and then hugs him. Like, that whole scene is just so well yeah. done. Like, the acting is on full display in this movie, hands down, regardless of the other problems. Like, is, is toe-to-tip oh. incredible. Acting's great. Side note, but as far as iterations of Gordon, has anyone else here watched the HBO Max Harley Quinn not, animated uh, not show? Yet. No, no, it's what? a no. so good. Go watch it. It's so good. It's like R rated as anime. It's so so good. Um, highly recommend. But Warner the way Brothers? their take on Gordon is just very amusing. Oh, cool! Mm-hmm. I'll have to check that out. I haven't seen it yet. I have to say though yeah. the the hospital scene. A detail that I noticed this time that I hadn't noticed before is. He, the Joker's wearing the nurse's outfit, but he also has an I believe in Harvey Dent sticker on. Yeah, I noticed that. Great. I mean, because he wants to turn him. I mean, and he does. Yeah. He does Mm -hmm. in that moment. Or he did. He's the one that was Mm -hmm. either going to turn Rachel or turn. Also, those special effects held up. Those special effects held up. His face looked awesome and disgusting the whole time yes. like um uh harvey dents it just is speaking of that is anyone is anyone disappointed that he he died would Who? you have liked to have seen him carry over harvey oh, Har- uh, uh, back then yeah. yes yeah. i think yeah mm-hmm. i would have wanted to see yeah, more of him cool but also the the third movie is completely different from what they had written originally because it what, was a, he, it was supposed to be joker yeah. and harley quinn and then ledger passed mm-hmm. so they moved mm-hmm. to right. something else but I I I, w- I kind of wish because then I had this I, this like because the way they were setting him up as this this iteration of Two Face, I thought there was really interesting where he could spend like you could in my head there's like this theoretical third movie where he doesn't die in this and he he isn't like a straight up criminal but he's kind of like turns into Batman cranked up to 11 and that, but he is murdering and he's doing his coin flip for anyone. He feels like deserves it. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know what? We're going to leave it up to fate. He's like, you deserve, you probably deserve death. Other criminals or, you know, bad people, but I'm a flip a coin, but he's doing murder. Right. So roughly 50% of the time he's killing people, you know, like maybe he kills, maybe that's the opening of my Batman through my Nolan three is he kills Scarecrow. <laughs> he shoots Scarecrow mm-hmm. in the head. Like, and then Batman's like, oh, he's he's basically a serial killer. He's a mass murderer. And then you have this whole thing. I was like, honestly, how are we really any different? Like, I'm killing people who I think are bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. like, but you're killing them. It's like, I is mean, it really a difference? But then I the bet whole they thing, regretted like, it, the, the, right? I bet real. they regretted it after Heath passed. And they're like, well, mm-hmm. shit. <laughs> well, this, I mean, and then the whole thing of Batman's ethics ethos of not kill. It's like. Eh, you definitely have ruined people's lives, like with some of these injuries. You're you're doling out to people, like breaking backs and <laughs> Dude, stuff like that. Dude, he kicks those like, people you, off you've a building. Yeah, you've definitely left some people paralyzed for life. Right. right? So let's like, <laughs> um, 
you've definitely inadvertently killed people with like brain hemorrhages and stuff from concussions. And like Batman's body count is not zero. We'll say. Yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, I will say Harvey Dent's corruption didn't seem too fast to me, but I did wish we got more of it. I liked Aaron Eckhart's portrayal of the character. I thought he did a great mm-hmm. job as both Dent and Two-Face. I will say though, the thing to bring it back to where I think Brett is coming from a little bit and engaging in some of the stuff because what I want to say is it's okay to – and you guys say this all the time, but I'm going to reiterate for the listener. It's okay to love something problematic as long as you discuss it's problematic, mm-hmm. you yeah. asshole. Like, it's mm-hmm. okay. It's okay. But, like, everything with cops in this movie, like, we created this narrative that not all cops are bad in this movie. Like, it's just a couple of bad eggs, but the cops mm-hmm. are good. And it's such a load of crap that Hollywood's fed us for ed- ages. And, like, of course, we're seeing that play out in real life now with the actual police and like to see it in this movie, every time it came up about, you know, there are bad cops and the commissioner not listening or the head, the Lieutenant at the time, like it just, it felt so gross. Cause it's so real. It's yeah. absolutely exactly what's happening. And the thing is, the, is that in this movie, all cops were bad. Uh, yes. They, they played it up like they were good cops, but Either they were working for the mob or the Joker, or uh, they, you know, witnessed a murder and then did a cover up and pinned it on the wrong guy, which is how the movie ended. Like that's just, or even the one that that's the guarding the Joker pin of the and movie. And he like he just he decides he's going to beat Joker him up. Prov- yeah, yeah, he just decides yeah. he's going to beat him up. And I was like, well, that's not okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well. And again, it, it reminds me, it goes back to, for a long, long time, it's definitely something we've been fed and indoctrinated of. For Have you ever seen an internal affairs officer portrayed as a protagonist, as a sympathetic person that you should like nope. In, nope. in media? Nope. Always They're like, always the bad guys. They're always like, yep. you're in the way of us getting justice. You're in the way of, you know. And it's like, they're it's a pretty important job they're doing it. Maybe they, they probably should be doing it even better, but you know, right. It uh, have some kind of oversight. Um, and it's, it's one of those things where it's like, that's definitely kind of like an indoctrination thing, like a propaganda mm-hmm. thing. Cause you, you always see, I, uh, you know, internal affairs officers as like, they're always sort of quote unquote villainous roles. Mm-hmm. Mm. Wait, what was They're the internal in- affairs? Sorry, I'm not. He used to be IA. Harvey Dent used to be an internal oh. affairs That's why he says, he what you used lawyer. to call me, Two-Face? That's yeah. how we know so much about like that scum you're working with. And I've investigated all these people. Because he was he investigating to- them before he, he became Harvey a district Dent attorney. was a police officer. He was internal affairs before he became a lawyer, got his law degree, and went into gotcha. the DA okay. route. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It, it It's weird. But like on the other hand, I feel like the movie does do some interesting things like first of all seeing the Stad- staten island ferry in the wide shots i've rem- i've remembered that oh yeah they shot some of it in staten island and in new york the the f- that ferry that you're seeing at least on the outside i don't know about the inside is the staten island ferry um but the scene with the people on the boat and like it just i thought it was really kind of actually brilliant how like they had the big large convict that actor whose name i can't remember who always plays uh, like tiny. the big oh, he, he passed right. away he just passed away recently did he oh mm-hmm. that's a bummer he's always been like he's played like the henchman or like this like you know big burly dudes across all movies but like to have him like whisper like melodically like sinisterly almost like give it to me you should have done this 10 minutes ago and then tosses it away it's like so good 
it's just such a powerful scene. Yeah. And like, even though in like the, they showed the white privilege and the white entitlement of this older white man. He's like, I'm going to do it. Fuck these guys. Criminals. They don't have hearts. Blow them up. And then like also had a second thoughts. I don't know that I believe that would happen. I feel like the privileged white guy would just blow them the hell up, but we'll leave that for someone mm-hmm. else to discuss. But, uh, <laughs> but I, th- I still to this day think that scene is pretty brilliant as far as the murky morality, at least like it was cool to see that play out in real time as opposed to some of the other stuff that just felt icky kind of all over. Uh, you mentioned like shooting location. I forgot how much that it was like in a ton of this though, that is Chicago. And I mm-hmm. grew up, was like, I recognize a lot of those streets and I was like, especially on the chase scene with the big, ch- you know, like with the truck and everything. And they go down on lower whack. I mean, what's in real world, lower whacker drive and that with the, that like, that's, you know, you go below and stuff, but I was like, damn, I forgot yeah, I how totally much this know. is like very, <laughs> you know what, Ash? <laughs> I do. I got your back, Pat. Thank you. <laughs> I feel like that scene is incorruptible. The whole chase, like truck scene, like that whole thing, like mm, that's just that's good Batman. Like the, mm-hmm. the, I love the, the brief moments. I love my job when he's driving. Yes. And then, and yes. then later on when, like the hit me, come on, come on, hit me. Hit yeah, me. I want yeah. you to hit me. I want you to do like it. Like that whole moment is very Batman Joker, like from the comics classic. And I just, I, that scene as it, as it stands is one of my favorites in the movie action wise. Cause it just plays out very much like a comic book. It feels very much like a comic book. Yeah. I am curious I, I how he got the Batmobile to jump though. That was a previously <laughs> announced ability. I think he hit Batmobile. a car. Yeah, he, he hit, hit a, a car. car. Well, he turned the jets yeah. on and leapt over a car. He didn't actually hit that one. Oh. <laughs> it's like thrusters or something. Whatever. Lucius yeah. Fox can do anything. <laughs> a fucking motorcycle shot out of it like it was being birthed. Like, <laughs> uh, is that how you I, think things he, are birthed? I hope you're right. A rocket speed. Just, <laughs> just, they just fly right out, Sam. Don't worry yeah. about it. It's yeah. Guns blazing. It's a quick process. <laughs> Brett pushes on your belly and it shoots right out. And then my Uh, vagina explodes right after. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But you mentioned, you know, something, Matt, that, I mean, not to take the dark path again, but you mentioned, like, I don't know that I believe that the privileged white man wouldn't blow up the other boat. And I feel like in 2008, when this movie was made, I was like, I believed it. And now, in 2021, I don't. And there's a really good quote in this film that I was just like, damn, that is fucking relevant. But I, I think it was Harvey Dent who says, you thought we could be decent men in an indecent time. And I just feel like that so encapsulates 2020, where it's like, you thought... People could be decent and just wear a fucking mask. But no. <laughs> but yeah, no. no. You're right. Yeah. The the one part that is super believable about that part that boat is that yeah, the 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 bad white man that wants to kill the boat full of people is not gonna be stopped by any other white person on that boat. Nope. There That's were true. People, nobody did nobody try to stop him. Nobody tried to stop him. I'm like, yep. Nope. Well, 300 whatever of them said yes, so the mass majority was on board. Literally. Yeah, I do have a hard time believing that 300 people said yes (laughs) and not one of them would have done it. Like, 
Just yeah. give it to a kid or something. Like, yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. <laughs> Brett. Oh, my God, Brett. <sighs> oh, my God. <laughs> it took wow. me a second for that to sink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Literally, because the boat would have sunk. You can toss that thing to your kid and be like, hey, turn the key. <laughs> Oh, oh my god. My god. Oh, I thought they had to pull I the mean, key out. I mean, yeah, you could totally. <laughs> it was unclear how the mechanism worked, Ash. Uh, so your future uh, child, Sam. Oh joy. Oh joy. Uh so back to the boat scene, one thing I really liked uh about the directorial decision with it um is it's a really fun spin on kind of your traditional filmmaking ticking clock um mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. so like we do well have it literally the, was the ticking clock yeah it literally was the ticking clock but like it, you know traditionally it's like the bomb does go off at the end like but i i the just clock know, is the mcguffin the plot it was but i like that it wasn't <laughs> the end of the movie so i liked i mean it is generally the end of the movie but that's not what finishes the story um, and right. I really like how they played that ticking clock on the boat with kind of the ticking clock and Batman and the police in the building because mm-hmm. Batman mm-hmm. is like trying to save all these hostages that are disguised as the clowns. Um, mm-hmm. And so I really like that the boat kind of added that tension to the informal ticking clock of Batman trying to save these hostages before the cops Shoot without asking. Accurate. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like, like, I think for all the movie's problems, I think I still enjoyed it from scene to scene. As a full plot, I enjoy the movie. But I definitely had many moments where I'm just like, this isn't okay. This seems not to have aged well. Like, <laughs> also the person who the bomb, the living bomb was a fat guy. Because why not? There's more room. Like, that just seemed very calculated also. Like, mm-hmm. literally anyone else could have been the bomb. Also, how the- dumb are those cops? How do you not put that together? They're like, weird. There's like stitching on him. Huh. Is that a phone? And I'm like, are you fucking stupid? Get away from him. He's a bomb. I thought it was the paramedics that were there. There were cops too. I mean, but like he he was like literally telling them that he was a bomb, and they were not listening. Like as a viewer, I put it together twenty minutes before they did. He's like, (laughs) "I'm a bomb." (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's he pretty much. That's the other. That's the next movie that boy's pressed. That's the next movie. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I have a question for you guys though about the boat scene because I have a theory. Also, I had a weird memory of one of them exploding, which no. maybe made me concoct this theory. But mm-hmm. um, my theory is they actually did have their own detonators, definitely, and they would have yeah. blown them own selves. Yeah, up. definitely. Oh, yeah. yeah, I agree. But to, back to the the bomb and the guy thing, Ash. I have this. This thing too is. <laughs> What's so funny is go back and watch movies and be like, do they have movies in this world? Because the yeah. tropes we would rec- That's like, true. yeah, right, yeah, and it's like a lot of movies they apparently don't have movies or TV shows in that world because <laughs> it's like zombie not- movies they they've never they seen totally- a zombie movie before. Yeah. They don't uh, have movies in this world. They don't have music. Bruce Wayne's party had no music. Oh yeah, 
Forever. I noticed that. that. Which what's that can, about? The movie DJ. It hurt me. <laughs> I still found the movie very entertaining. I did catch a few things, and I'm like, plotty. I'm like, I don't know why that had that had to happen. I don't like the thing with the like his cover story of like abscons with Russian ballet. It's like. He could have just gone on vacation. I don't know why yeah. that had to be a whole. Big, oh, because he wanted her about... to not go on the date. Yeah, with he Harvey wanted. Oh, he, he was sabotaging their date. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, Bruce Wayne is the petty queen. He said he did the plan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, oh, I have a I have a question for everyone actually, uh, from uh-huh. a directing perspective, since there's All a few right. folks who dabble in that area. In the theatrical release of this what? movie. Where? In the three theatrical release of this movie, Heath Ledger is upside down the whole time. The whole time he's upside down. In really? In every version since, after he passed and after he won awards, they slowly flipped the scene. So he's upright saying his final lines in the movie. How do you feel about that? That they spun him around like that so it looks like he's upright? I love it. For, I mean, I will say I did not know that that is not – what the theatrical release was. I I was watching the film and I was like, this is the first creative use of a camera move in this movie. Mm. And I know that that sounds like a really like loaded thing, but like really, if you watch the rest of this movie, the camera angles and use of coverage and everything is pretty standard filmmaking. There's mm-hmm. nothing crazy like one shots or Dutch angles, or super motivated camera moves that are revealing an emotion about a character in a scene. It's pretty cookie-cutter Hollywood filmmaking. But the moment where we turn the camera so that they are on the same plane of look space, Mm -hmm. to me, felt so story and character motivated because it's this moment where the Joker is telling the Batman that we are the same and mm-hmm. that why would I ever want to kill you? You know, like you, you are, I want to do, he says you are my forever or something, or like, I want to do this with you forever. Mm-hmm. And it felt so motivated to me. And I was like, wow, that was awesome. I love that. And it also adds to his craziness because he looks like he's flying with his like, coat mm. draping behind him i i thought it was brilliant yeah it was very it sold the uh the point that they were trying to make in that scene really well because mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. it was you know uh i can't i can't talk about things without it sounding like i'm being mean about them so just listen <laughs> uh but you know it's the right the writer's room of like you know it, the Joker's hanging upside down, but he's the one who's seeing clearly. And we flip the world, and suddenly the Joker is the one that's mm. the right side up. And like you know, they're like selling that metaphor with to the audience, and it works for that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I always just thought it really interesting, and I I could be mistaken. Maybe it was that way even in theatrical release, but I don't remember it as strongly until I saw it on DVD. And so I feel like it was something they changed later, which they might not have. The internet will correct me. I mean, you might be right because I did notice that it felt a little wonky, almost Mm -hmm. like it had a little bit of a warp stabilization Like it wasn't meant to be that way, yeah. Like it was done in post and it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't like somebody drew in the extra parts of the screen that weren't there so they could do the full turn. 
<laughs> well, like, I don't know if you guys have ever seen, like, a shot that has bad warp stabilization on it, but, like, you can totally tell. And for people who don't know what warp stabilization is, is it's this wonderful feature that Matt's like, please explain. Uh, in Premiere, where if you have really shaky footage, it's this awesome feature that you can throw on there and it will, both in Premiere and After Effects, it will stabilize the shot and it uses like AI and stuff to like even uh, process the details of the background and you have different ways, you know, you could have it subtle, you can have it extreme, but if it's done poorly, you can often see the background, especially on the edges of the frame, sort of warp in a weird way that it wouldn't naturally do. And I feel like I saw that a little bit, um, mm -hmm. but I'm also not sure because if you think about the fact that these were IMAX cameras on some rigs that they literally had to build for the film. So I don't know, you know, it could have just been the rig wasn't super stable for that sort of movement because those cameras are huge. I don't know. Right. But I'm saying it could possibly be a weird post thing because I did see something weird around the edges but I'm kind of a pixel peeper like that. <laughs> yeah. At, for, for the places people would have noticed it before is if you've ever watched anyone's vertical cell phone video online, that's one of like the newer cell phones and shit looks all weird and wobbly. It, it, that's what it mm -hmm. is. Those phones do it automatically now. So is there, a, I mean, I don't like nitpicking about like continuity usually because, you know, whatever continuity doesn't matter, except there is one that I noticed real big that it affects the plot in a major way, uh, which is in the scene with the bomb, the body bomb. Uh, mm -hmm. The Joker is holding a man by the neck with the, with the sharp to his neck in a room with eight people in it. And then the bomb goes off and we cut back to the room and the Joker stands alone completely alone in this room in a separate room that just had the windows blown out but like presumably there were still eight people in uh but that was like our shot of like look he's alone now he got away and i was like i don't think he got away like i thought they died from the explosion <laughs> but then he would have died not if he, he was, was holding a literal meat shield he used the cop he used the yeah yes that's exactly what was, yep <laughs> he used his hostage cop to like Bear the brunt of the go back and go back and watch that scene, and you'll be like, "Ah." <laughs> also, I just I kind of like the idea that he's a little Rasputin like, you know, like he's in all these situations that should have killed him. He's in an explosion. Mm -hmm. He walks away. He's, he's Russia's greatest love machine. He's in a big rig that flips over, and he I literally just that reference. It's his fucking mission in life to interrupt a serious thought of mine with some fucking bullshit joke. He knows I fucking love it. Thanks, Brett. But Sam, I get that and I buy that too. Because also, it's kind of juxtaposed with Bruce Wayne, who also gets is getting like fucking beat up, and we see like his mm -hmm. like scars and stuff earlier. And it's, um, I buy that. Yeah, I mean he he hits he triggers the explosives while he's still in the building. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, he, it's it's clear he doesn't care if he lives or dies. Like the his whole yeah. mission is. I would argue he he doesn't he wants to die, but he doesn't want to just like kill himself. He wants to die. He he wants he would love to make Batman kill him, or he would, yeah. you know he wants a glorious death. Essentially, but, yes. I don't know. I don't. I, I would argue his motive is not to die. 
His motive is to live in that moment of uncertainty. And that's the only Ooh. time he can he can yeah. get that. It's like I'm yeah. the only time I'm uncertain, the only time I cannot predict what's gonna happen is in the moments when my life is in danger. Like it's exciting to him. I have I dig theory. that. A it's lot. like the people who get off by being choked during sex. <laughs> <laughs> no. Maybe, no. Uh, no. no. <laughs> That's different. <laughs> You're welcome. For a lot of reasons. <laughs> I have a theory that's that's designed specifically <laughs> though, to upset. But Samantha. they're living in that moment of uncertainty. <laughs> but that's not okay. So what if the Joker is actually <laughs> a master of Buddhist philosophy? Oh God! And that he truly has no desires other See, than the to enlighten others. And the entire plot of the movie is that the Joker goes around asking others to drop their facades uh, and reveal their true inner selves harvey dent's mm. angry inner self uh the uh she just convincing people <laughs> to do the things no idea what buddhism that, is i'm, I'm pretty just, sure no, yeah, yeah uh not harming he, he has no pretty has high no up there desires. in buddhist tenets though but no desires no he's fully <laughs> he is fully succumbed to his desires he is the antithesis of buddhism and he only acts on the whim of his desires and thinks of no consequences. Yeah. You're 100% wrong on this. that. <laughs> uh, you just offended a lot of Buddhist people, did, and I just offended a lot of sex people that are into kinky Yeah, stuff. I was going to say, we, we shouldn't... <laughs> I don't know. I, we'll, maybe all the sex people were like, no, um, she's got it. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe... <laughs> Sex people, let uh, us know. I'm not Find us on Twitter <laughs> at Let's Rewatch. I'm not going to explain. <laughs> no! Do you want me to explain, Nicole? No, you know what? It's the at, lack of oxygen at, that what? makes the orgasm better, allegedly. Not that I've tried, but uh, it's not the uncertainty of knowing that you might die during sex. What's the What's the optimum fucking blood O2 level for ultimate orgasm? Please let us know, medical professionals. Okay, I brought what? this up, but you know what? I'm done, so let's move on. Are yeah. you dialing it back? Regretsy. <laughs> Regretsy. <laughs> That's um, amazing. <laughs> Okay, so let's do final thoughts. I feel like we've we've spun around this circle. We've insulted Buddhism and we've gotten into sex kinks. It's definitely time for final no, thoughts. No, no, Brett this is a great Buddhism. episode, guys. Brett. We're doing great. Yeah. I think we're just no, hitting the peak, Buddhism. Buddhists, find us on Twitter and enlighten us Sam. at Let's Brett, Rewatch. Fucking let it go. No, enlighten final Brett, thoughts? because he clearly doesn't know anything about Buddhism, all right? <laughs> oh man! Uh, All before, right. Before we move on to the so, final thoughts, my final thought. <laughs> okay, never mind. Go no, for it. Go ahead. Go ahead, Ash. Well, I was just gonna say, in defense of what Matt has been saying this whole time, this you know, besides us train wrecking this movie review, <laughs> is I mean, overall, it's a good movie. I mean, the score. Yeah uh the the visuals i i'm trying to find good things to say <laughs> the acting um i feel like maybe if i hadn't seen the film before it wouldn't have felt so long but because i had seen it before it felt long yeah and we didn't we can 
go down this road for a little bit if we want to, because I was going to talk about it in my final thoughts, but like the effects this film had on other, on movies that followed it. Yeah. Um, and basically I feel like a lot of filmmakers took the wrong lessons from (laughs) this movie. Yes. Um, like a certain, as far um, as like Zack Snyder, (laughs) I'm not, you said it, not me. Um, (laughs) But like, yeah, like the the washed out palette, which like works for this in this very specific instance. But like, just making everything just like visually, not like content dark, just visually dark. It's just like it doesn't work. Well, there's for not a lot of colors, right? It's gray, black, right. green, and blue. And that's I'm saying it kind of much it. It kind of works for this. I'm saying, mm-hmm. but then like people, there are a lot of, especially on different DC properties that they try to do. They just try to keep doing that over and over again. The overlong run times, um, the Joker is stuff like the Jared Leto Joker, the jo- Joaquin Phoenix Joker. It's just like, stop, like, don't <laughs> like, um, like I would be more interested in, in Joker that they went the opposite way where they made him like more polished as opposed to like, all right, we did like the uber creepy Joker. You're never going to do it better than no, it's done. Like the whole psychotic unhinged it's done. Ledger nailed it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, stop trying to do that and one up that because you just look like a sociopath in real life. Both like the other two iterations we've seen, go like the other way with it. Maybe a more polished, put together, maybe a more cartoonish version of it. Um, but it, yeah, it, it is funny how many of what I feel like the wrong lessons a lot of filmmakers took from this mm. film, um, and should try and duplicate its success. It's like, no. No, don't, yeah. don't do that. I like your point about the color palette because that was something while watching this film, I was just like, gosh, there's really, it could almost be a black and white film. Like there's mm-hmm. really not mm-hmm. a lot of color going on. And that's just my personal preference. I really enjoy color in film. And I feel like, you know, while they chose a muted palette, I was still trying to rack my brain and be like, well, are there like motivated colors for characters? And like, not really, you know, like you had, I feel like there was the opportunity with um, the Rachel character to, to maybe have some significance with color with her. But I mean, maybe there was, but she was wearing such a dark green dress that it, it just sort of, it all, all the colors mute into each other and nothing really stands out and that's fine. That's definitely the Nolan style, but um, I feel like it's a missed opportunity for some more storytelling. Yeah. What is, what does gaming call it? It had a little bit of the next gen filter. Uh, (laughs) Oh yeah. Everything's all Brown and gray and blue. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, No, I was, I was going to say about, about Pat's comment on that is like, yeah, it wasn't just filmmakers that took that. It, it bled over into a lot of TV. Uh, you know, I won't mm-hmm. go on a rant mm-hmm. about it, but I've talked about it a lot on the podcast before about the, the post Nolan, uh, media. And it's just the endless stream yeah, for a decade. Drab. Of dark, mm-hmm. gritty. And- everything sucks mm-hmm. like the life out of you media and, uh, yeah, I'm glad we're finally getting away from it because this was yeah. the start of it, and like because of how much I didn't like it, it actually colored my f- memories of this movie, which actually turned out to be a lot better than 
I was remembering it. Uh, but it was just like, yeah, I this mean, started a thing I didn't like. Well, yeah, it was mm-hmm. at that time, too, that, like, a lot of shooters did the same thing. You were making that joke also, Brett. Like, Gears of War was a great game. And Gears of War made a great series. But because of Gears of War being gray and brown and, like, in a ruined city, every shooter after it also mm-hmm. did the same thing. Like, Halo was pretty bright and colorful, especially on the planet's surfaces. But, like, a lot of other shooters after that, even Call of Duties got gray and gritty. And it's like... Mm-hmm. Even Fallout can be kind of gritty. It's why Borderlands was such a revelation when it came out. Because Borderlands was, yeah. like, cel-shaded, bright colors. like Cartoony. You know, cartoony, exactly. And I think Nolan indirectly had a similar effect, or even directly, in the movie sphere. I completely agree. Like, I name-dropped Zack Snyder before, but absolutely what he did in 300 worked, and then what he did after 300 didn't work, because it was the same thing every time. Mm -hmm. Like, it was not not innovative, and Nolan perpetuated that, for sure. And. That's it. I call it drab, and not just the not just the colors, just the yeah. vibe. Yeah, just mm-hmm. a drab vibe, just gloomy and just everything super serious. Yeah. And how cool would it have been, you know, if everything is drab except for the Joker? What right. if he's got really poppy colors and he stands? You know, like I feel like there was a storytelling opportunity with the colors and it wasn't really executed but we are talking about a guy whose first film literally was a black and white film so maybe color's not his thing (laughs) (laughs) might be Mm -hmm. all right everyone shut up and sam is gonna give her final thoughts and don't you fucking interrupt her (laughs) bread oh god it just it makes my heart stop a little bit just seeing that out of the corner of my eye Brett is the, the big holding mouth on Mike. a giant thought at the tip of his tongue to interrupt me at any second. And now I'm closer to he's the wiggling mic. the tongue. Does not so want there's to less speak. delay. My heart is like, don't speak. It's not going to be heard. Don't speak. Don't speak. speak. I know just what, just what you're, you're thinking. thinking. Sorry. We all go into no doubt. We are all around the same age. It's, <laughs> yes. it's very funny and very sad. Um, <laughs> this movie... It it did feel long, uh, but I you're totally right, Matt. Like, what would you cut? I don't. I honestly don't know. Um, I really like how the story flows, um, and how there's like different sections and different problems. Um, it, I think that really helps move it along. Um, I really like the directorial decisions for this film. There was a scene in the beginning with the clowns, you know, and he's like standing. Mm-hmm. One of the mobster guys is standing on the so corner good. and he has the mask down and we like zoom in. And then mm-hmm. like just a really well motivated camera. We we move down, zoom in on the mask and then the bus comes in and then he hops on the bus like, oh, uh, it's it's really good. The score like meshes really well with the visuals. Um the acting is phenomenal just on everyone's part. There's no bad actor in this movie and everyone brought their A game. Um yeah, some things are dated. I honestly, it's almost alarming when there's a movie that doesn't show how much we've grown as society, you know? <laughs> so it's like it's kind of like reassuring like, "Oh, great. Okay, like we are growing as a society. These things are no longer acceptable." Cool. 
So I'm willing to like give those things a pass. Um, Sure, it's problematic, but also I don't think those decisions would be made today, which is a little reassuring. Um, And yeah, I, I just, I enjoyed it. It was super fun to watch again. And I'm glad we did it. You can speak um, now, Brett. Good job, Brett. Good <laughs> was that really hard? Was, was that like the most self-restraint you've had all day? <laughs> I feel like this is you just like to dunk on me here. It's fine. <laughs> it's true. I give him such a hard time on the podcast. You are going to go back and you're going to edit this and you're going to hear. Listen, I edit every episode and I am an angel. <laughs> oh. at least after you edit you you sound like one yeah <laughs> why are you doing air quotes around the word angel <laughs> uh i'll go i mean um i'm gonna echo say overall enjoyed it hey it's a net positive hey oh <laughs> yeah. drink it is um, yeah <laughs> uh enjoyed it ledger is great honestly i like christian bell as bruce wayne in batman yeah, and he does a good job of like mm-hmm. he's got these two personas right he's got his batman persona voice that we joked about in the first half but then he's got like a, a take on bruce wayne is like he's playing the part the smug smarmy you know billionaire privileged playboy guy you know socialite um and he definitely you know puts a spin on that i think in general i think all the acting is great in the movie. I think pretty much everyone does a good job acting, you know, a really good job acting. Um, all the stuff we covered. The only other things that really, for me though, I caught this time that I'm like, I don't know if those hold up to scrutiny are two little plot areas. And one is the little mini detective thing in the middle bit where it's like, you <laughs> go to this apartment with two dead people and they have Harvey and Dent and oh look there's a bullet hole. I'm gonna pull the bullet oh, out and I'm gonna my duplicate God. that. Yes. And I'm Thank gonna get the, I'm gonna recreate the fingerprint Ridiculous. and the apartment of the fingerprint. I'm gonna go there and just in time for the timer to beep. And it's like that feels like a stretch Deus of logic. It's so intense. Like, how would Batman, you ever but it's dumb as hell. The, yeah. yeah. And like I'm gonna this the bullet thing especially. It's like I'm gonna recreate the the gunshot and then use that to recreate the grooves of the, it feels. Yeah. Um, and then the other one, honestly, I'm like, I, I thought that was a weird choice. And I know I was saying it might be a little long. Why would you talk about adding something? But it was weird for me of Rachel and Harvey are fine. And then off screen, they're kidnapped and put in warehouses full of like gasoline and explosives. Yeah. And the fact that it happens like off screen is mm-hmm. weird and feels kind of jarring. I felt like true. Like, I guess he just survived and he just survived an attempt and he gets safely to the, and it's all of a sudden it's like, Oh, they didn't make it home. Well, I guess the Harvey's and, kidnapping was at least explained later that he never, that he wasn't safe going home with the person he was walking away with. But yeah, Rachel's getting kidnapped off screen oh, was yeah. kind of a bummer. But, I mean, yeah. I think it was no. Set it, up. it was she was being put in a cop car. Yeah, we see, we see oh. it. We just don't yeah. know that they're they're bad okay. cops at the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's set yeah. up by the name tag, right? Because the Joker's leaving mm-hmm. a clue for who his next victim mm-hmm. is. So I think that decision was made to kind of build the suspense of like, when is it going to happen? I, when I are they going to get them? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's makes okay. sense. So Skyhook, 
<laughs> oh. Skyhook? <laughs> I just, let's start off with saying Skyhook, if a plane came by traveling at, even at a low enough speed, it's still going like 120 at least. And oh, yeah. it took his spine out of his body. That's a real, <laughs> a real quick way to turn Batman into two half Batmans. <laughs> <laughs> Just putting that out there. Um, I had a whole bunch of stuff to talk about. I think we felt. I feel like we covered most of it. Uh, but I've been in. I've been on Twitter too much lately, and my brain is in such a weird political space. Uh, and that's the, that's kind of my takeaways from this movie is, uh, the, the lessons that, um, they tried to teach us were all incorrect and poorly thought out. Uh, and it was very noticeable (laughs) watching it. Like when you really try to get to the, the core of like, what point are they trying to make with this sequence? And what point are they trying to make with the movie as a whole? And like, the trust the cops implicitly, even though there's bad ones. Uh, and like, you know, I made a joke earlier, but like really the end of the movie is, uh, the cops are going to stand together and cover up that one of them went on a killing spree, uh, and blame, you know, the, the Batman for it instead. Uh, and that it's played off or as the, like a hero moment. Um, the mayor who's like, how long can we cover this up? Yeah. How long yeah. can we cover this up? Uh, mm-hmm. the, the whole, I mean, again, you know, also, a, also a joke about the, the Buddhist thing, but, but, uh, the, but the actual reality of that the Joker was trying to get people to show their true selves and that like, uh, I don't know, this whole, this, the whole vibe of everything that was in the movie where, you know, yeah, they're, they're playing, you know, it's, oh, God, what do they call it? Like the plausible deniability of having the villain be be the one that's saying the thing that the writer actually thinks is true, uh, but like, you know, isn't true obviously because the villain was saying it and he's misguided. But like nuggets of truth and what the Joker was talking about, like you know, like that kind of stuff. The whole vibe of this, every message that they put out was like the worst. Uh, that aside, <laughs> the action was choice. I loved the chase scenes. Uh, the the truck flip is still amazing. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. just so like cool. They actually did it. Yeah, like they really did that. They flipped yeah. a truck. Yeah. yeah, with a giant yeah. pneumatic piston to just launch the truck into the air. I saw that behind the scenes. It was amazing. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm I'm conflicted on my overall enjoyment level because it's a good movie with stuff in it that's bad and outcomes and like a real weird picture of society that ended up coming true in the next 10 years and like i don't know it even started off with depressing stuff like uh you know no you didn't laugh at me i always got to bring up depressing stuff but like you know the the opening night of this was at least you're the realizing aurora thing with the with the with the guy dressed as the joker doing the evil stuff and uh, I could go on and on. I had a whole, I had a whole thing. Uh, you know, at the beginning of the movie, <laughs> the the press conference where they announce that Harvey Dent is Batman. Uh, and uh, there's the one cop in the back. No more dead cops. And it's just like, all right, listen. Uh, five years after you made this movie, a guy went out and killed a judge. 
uh, or a judge's daughter or something in LA. And you know what happened? There wasn't a cop going, no more dead cops. All of the cops in LA went on a manhunt and tortured the dude in a cabin for three days and burned it down. Like, that's what would happen. The Joker's what? fucked if he does any of that stuff. There's no rest of this movie in the real world, but uh yeah this is there is you well know. he's white so you know <laughs> that's true that's true when it happened in la i don't he, i don't think that dude was white uh but you know what uh that got dark it was a good movie i would watch yeah. it again on a movie night um i recall this being the shining star in the middle of a trilogy i didn't particularly enjoy i remember being like hype after the first one and the first one had kind of like the Prometheus effect where it was like, the longer I think about this movie, the more I don't like it. Uh, this one, I never really had that about where it was just like, this was good and I have nothing bad to say. And then the third one, you know, the third one was the third Train one. wreck. Uh, <laughs> you, you have nothing bad to say about this one, huh? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> No, I mean, I feel like the, I feel like the, the stuff that's bad to say about this movie is about the world in general that exists that we live in and not so much about the movie uh yeah. and mm-hmm. that's that's why it's hard for me to deal with this stuff but the movie itself was uh, it was pretty good like we thought it was gonna be good and it was like yeah that was a, that was a thrill ride and and a cool movie uh and that's the review i mean it makes sense like but like batman is corrupt cops are all over batman since the comics the problem is now we're living it so it's less comic booky I, I mean, I get that, Brett, a hundred percent. Here's the yeah, sad too real. reality: we're not now living it. It's always been that way. It's just we are noticing it now. Yes. You're right. Yeah. Yes, that's correct. It's yeah. coming to You've light now. Totally hit the nail on the head, Sam. Like it's it's not you know it got those like it's strong just come to a head but. strong insurrectionist yeah. vibes from the uh, uh, I can't remember the name of the guy that the Joker called to have murdered on live TV. Uh, and oh yeah, Coleman uh, Reese. And then, Coleman you know, Reese. And it's just like, yeah, okay, yeah. TV TV guy says uh, we should kill this guy. So mob, let's go. Like, uh, yeah, uh. yeah. I just saw an article where, like, the Washington Post interviewed one of the Trump um, terrorist people, and he was like, "Well." uh, yeah, Trump asked for soldiers, and so we showed up, and I asked God three times if this is what I should do, and I didn't hear a no. And I'm like, oh, really? But he asked him three he times? Didn't hear like a yes, though, did you? Uh, <laughs> yes. The definition of consent is that the absence of a no is not consent. Uh, yeah, Correct. exactly. But, but these guys don't know that bit they either. They don't understand so. that, no. Yeah. Matt, you go. You sure? You can go. Okay. I'll yeah, go. you go. I'll if I'll think, I'll round it out. Um well, I will set all of that stuff Brett said aside <laughs> and uh, I'm here to depress because, everyone. I mean, well, here's the thing. Is like I totally agree like watching this movie now in this time and place much like Boondock Saints, it feels very different. You know, uh it's it's feels very different. It's not quite as extreme for me as boondock saints but i do kind of see where you're coming from um and 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 i will say definitely net positive totally enjoyed the film um i will say it did feel long to me but i am going to defend why it felt long while also defending 
the film for being long. And that's because I believe it's actually a four-act movie, and it's not mm-hmm. a three-act movie like most movies are. And I did a little research while Brett was going on his rant. <laughs> and um, <laughs> Because, like, the whole thing with Harvey Dent, the movie could have ended, mm-hmm. you know, like, the what Rachel dies, Harvey's in the hospital, film could have ended there. Um, but it keeps going. And the film, the script is actually 167 pages long when an average film script is about 95 to 125 pages long. And on average, acts are around 30 pages or more. And so if you say, you know, 167 minus the 90 or 120, that's about another act. And so I think this film really is a four-act structure, which is why it can feel long, because that's not what we're used to seeing. On you know, if in movies we're used to seeing mm-hmm. three acts, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's wrong. Uh, you know, plays are often five acts, or uh, TV shows can even be six acts. So uh, it's interesting. I just thought that was an interesting point to bring up. Is I I sort of uh, did my own self analysis of why did it feel long to me? It felt long because it could have meant ended twenty to thirty minutes, but story wise it still makes sense to continue on to another fourth act. Um, I don't know if anyone cares about that. The well, film, that's the film nerd and me brings, <laughs> brings back a thought I had from when this movie came out, which was like uh, that whole Harvey Dent thing. Uh, not that it didn't feel tacked on. It felt more like truncated. Like there is enough meat in the Harvey Dent evil story that it could have had its own movie too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, but but yeah, I I thought overall it was really good. Um I enjoyed it. Uh I definitely it feels like a a time period. I think I think my major problem is just that Christopher Nolan keeps making the same movie and I'm kind of tired of it, mm-hmm. I guess. And it doesn't mean that this movie's bad. I'm just Tired of see, and it's kind of why I haven't seen his past like two or so films is because they just have started to feel like the same movie over and over again to me. Um, which I mean, I personally love Christopher Nolan, and like you said in the beginning, Matt, he also, I also, he was one of the directors that I was like, oh wow, uh, I really recognize the style and I love his style, and I think this is really awesome, and I think it was really groundbreaking, but um. I wish he would sort of push himself and do something different and refreshing and new. Mm-hmm. But yeah, whatever. like man, when Bane shows up, in I enjoyed Stiller, it. Like it was a weird moment. <laughs> 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 and then when Batman shows up in Dunkirk and he's like, oh! Kirk, I'm done. <laughs> callback. Everybody loves a callback. <sighs> Pat, Pat's going to murder us. You know us. my comedy. Thanks. <laughs> Pat fell um, asleep 10 minutes ago. He. <laughs> Yeah. He's done. Pat is done. Done. Uh, Pat uh, doesn't care. It's a four act structure. Shut the fuck up, Ash, and wrap it up. Um, I, I mean, I feel like I fall in between everybody here. Like, I think I lean more towards Sam as like net, more than net positive. I love this movie. I do genuinely love this movie. 
But I think it's – I'm going to call back to a previous episode I was on with my co-host Rachel Quirky Shank when we did Army of Darkness, a movie I love that I thrust upon unwilling, <laughs> unknowing people. And I still came away loving it, recognizing its problems because it was nostalgic for me. And and Dark Knight is also that. Like, I've loved almost every iteration of Batman. I had my complaints about the Schumacher stuff like everybody did at the time. But honestly, going back and watching them now, they are bonkers, but they are not necessarily bad movies or even, even bad Batman movies if you reframe them as like Adam West, but darker, you know, with like more black and more neon lights. But like... I've always liked the character of Batman, but I've mostly liked his rogues gallery and his sidekicks. Batman, the character himself, is the least interesting part of it for me. But what the Nolan movies did is make the whole arc pretty interesting. Like, I forgive in the first movie that he tried to make us believe that Christian Bale was a child in those early scenes with the mobsters in the first (laughs) movie. Like, no. You know. Yes, and all the kids in Dawson's Creek were actually in high school. <laughs> no. Um, but, like, I think for this movie, for me, I I definitely watch it now. And, like, I have the same reaction. I'm glad you brought it up, Brett. When the one guy goes, no more dead cops. I was like, maybe no more killing people of color. And then we'll worry about the cops. <laughs> like, like, that's the first thing that popped in my head. It's very relevant. And, like, I've, you know, it's impossible to ignore things like that now. And mm-hmm. the character of the Joker is absolutely a character designed to twist other people. And we have real people in the country doing that now, and it sucks. But to pull out of this nosedive of depression, <laughs> I do genuinely still love this movie and the and Batman and Batman's mythos. And, like, every scene with Alfred and Bruce were great. The jungle story, you know, the mm-hmm. I told you so, uh, the I told you so moment, you know. Like, what I love about the I told you so moment, and he's like, I don't think I, like, he says, you'll tell me I told you so. And then they get to that, and he's like, I don't want to tell you I told you so. And then they're walking away, and he goes, but I bloody told you, didn't I? And that could have (laughs) been the beat. That could have been it. But then they, as they're leaving on the elevator, he's like, you'll probably have me arrested for an accomplice. And, like, Bruce takes him in it, and goes, oh, no, I'm going to tell him the whole thing was your idea. Like, that whole (laughs) moment sums up Bruce and Alfred's, um, story from any batman in that moment just like in the in the first movie when he's under the debris and he's like you can do all those push-ups but you can't lift a bloody log and then (laughs) like bruce just gets annoyed at him and then lifts it like i love those relationships in batman more than the action i like the action but when they actually do the character development and the relationship stuff and this Mm. movie does that well between lucius and batman you know when he wants the new upgrades um even in the interrogation room, the moment where Batman is finally face to face with the Joker in the interrogation room, we learn more about the Joker in that moment and see more of Heath Ledger's acting in that moment than in, on a larger scale while speaking than any other point in the movie. And it's phenomenal, you know, from the scene where he hits him with the, you don't start with the head. It makes everything all yeah. slam. Fuzzy. Like just the beats of that, like, I just, I really genuinely do love this movie, but I recognize that it has its problems. And if it were made today, I'd like to think that a lot of those problems wouldn't be there, but you know, we can't, we can't live in a time capsule. And so I acknowledge where it's problematic, but I genuinely, I'm not a net positive. I am more with Sam. Like I loved this movie. I think it was great. And I I am excited to watch it again. And I'm actually a Nolan trilogy apologist. I don't hate the dark Knight rises. It has, a boatload of problems. 
but I <laughs> still was entertained by that movie. And burn <laughs> an impression anyone can do because it's easy. You know, like I, I, I genuinely like this trilogy. I like what it's trying to do, grounded in realism. It's why I'm excited about the Robert Pattinson Batman because he's an actual detective in that movie. That's you exciting. know, like they sh- they show him doing detective work, and this movie also shows him doing detective work. We're making fun of the bullet thing, but like. He didn't do anything yeah. like that in the first movie. I don't think he does anything like that in the third movie. Like, he do- did even, some detective work here. Even the relationship between the Joker and Batman feels very much like Moriarty and Sherlock. And Holmes, yes. Yeah. For sure. It's definitely, I see the comparisons for sure. Are you bringing up the Alfred and, and uh, uh, Bruce relationship reminded me that the... I kind of wanted I really wanted the next moment even though it would have totally ruined the flow of the 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 plot the next moment after he finishes his anecdote about hunting that dude in the in the forest uh because as uh, you, you think about that and he was like giving this anecdote over like two days and like trying to inspire Bruce to do make the right choice and he's like so how do you do it he's like Oh, we burnt the forest down. And like the next moment would have been like, well, that's not fucking helpful, Alfred. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for leading to deforestation. (laughs) Yeah, I think. So, so are you saying I, I just, just. I burned Gotham to the ground. A bunch of cities? Uh, (laughs) Enjoy a city block? Like, that's what Ross Ghoul tried to do last year. What are you talking about? (laughs) Um, Um, or Raish, Raish Al Ghoul, whatever, however it's pronounced. Um, whatever. Well, he's kind of saying he gave the bandit what he wanted, right? Because he right. said the bandit just wanted to see the world burn. Yeah. And yeah. so he removed the bandit's forest. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think ultimately I really – I'm glad. First of all, thank you for asking me to come back on the show. Thank you for letting me bring this movie. But no, I, I do enjoy the movie a lot, I, and I still do. I, I was afraid that I wouldn't be able to watch it because of the things that Brett was worried about. And while maybe that should have stopped me, I guess, to some degree, nostalgia carried me through, and I still really enjoyed it and was captivated from start to finish. It felt long in length of time and what I guess time means when we're living in COVID times. But it it didn't, and because I knew we had to record another half of a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> totally. But, yeah. but watching the movie, I never thought to myself, this is a long movie. I thought it when I saw the time at the beginning, and then I thought it when we were starting at midnight to record the second half Eastern. Yeah. And I was, But beyond that, like I genuinely did enjoy my entire time with it. So, yeah, it gets a thumbs up for me. I think it holds up. Right on. With some caveats. <laughs> well, thank you very much for coming on, Matt. Thank you for yes. having me. Would you like to tell our listeners where they can find you? Sure. Um, I have uh, some news that I'm spreading across podcasts. Um, I've said it on my own show, and I'm, I'm going to say it on some other shows as I guessed, but my last waning podcast that's not on Certain POV is coming to Certain POV. I have an interview show oh, called Crash Course Autographs. Um, Pat's Yay. been a guest on it. It is converting to certain POV autographs. It is going to join the network officially probably by the end of January, early February, depending on how the timing works out. I'm very excited about that. I want to start having more folks from the network on as guests. Um, That's so fun. That's a good show. Thank you. Thank you. Um, it's it's a lot of fun to do. Uh, and we have some really exciting uh, guests planned for this month that we are recording in, which is January. Because who knows when this will be out. Um <laughs> But if you want to find me, the best place to go is to our Discord server, which you can find a permanent invite link to at certainpov.com. Or you can go on Twitter. I'm DJ underscore Stormageddon. 
Twitch, I'm DJ underscore Stormageddon, or honestly, just go to djstormageddon.com. No underscore in that. djstormageddon.com. Everything that I do is there. My Patreon, my merch, all of my podcasts, my Twitch stream, everything. So uh, go check that out. Uh, yeah, and engage me like you would engage the audience. <laughs> is that my cue? Yes. Uh, yeah, and you could also follow us on Twitter. We're at Let's Rewatch, where we do fun things like movie polls, where you could pick the movie we're watching. Or in this instance, since Matt picked the movie we're watching, I tweet stills from the movie. And this one I thought was really hard, guys. I You should check it out because I thought it was pretty hard. But of course... Matt just comes in, or not Matt, I'm sorry, Mitch, apologies, Mitch, Matt, Matt just comes in and knows the movie we're watching. <laughs> I'm on the Mitch, episode. Yeah, Mitch came in from downtown as usual and just totally got it right away, so good job, Mitch. Right on. Yeah, Mitch. I, yeah, yeah, I thought I was going to stump people, like I thought I was going to have to tweet another one, I was like, they'll never get this one, but <laughs> no, Mitch got it. All right. Congrats, Mitch. So, if you like our podcast as much as we like the movies that we watch, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, like our new buddy, Rick Ives, who gave us a five-star review. Uh, thank you, Rick, and welcome to the Let's Rewatch team. We're happy you're here. I think he's the one who just joined our Facebook group and... uh and if you're listening, I'm sorry, Whoa. we're not there. Please come to our Discord instead. <laughs> I'm yeah. there. Yeah. I responded yeah. to him. Sam and I are the only ones that check it. Yeah. I'm the wow. that's well, my thank only you, social platform that I'm on. And so yeah, thank you so much. We're so happy that you're here and enjoying our podcast. We are part of the certain POV network of shows. Like all the ones that Matt said he does, and <laughs> another pass, uh, Saturday Morning Confidential, formerly to Open Dreams, Scuffy Nerf Herders, uh, Reignite, Men of Steel, Fun and Games, Real Movie Critic versus the Synagogue, Judging Book Covers, lots of cool shows from cool people at certain POV. Yeah, when does this episode come out? Friday. Brett. This week, I think? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Tell them about the yeah. thing we started yesterday, Pat. Oh. Oh, yesterday, as of when this episode comes out. <laughs> yeah. I was going to. Not necessarily. I was like, we didn't do anything yesterday. Time is um, a lake. Yeah. So, Wibbly Brett and I, um, we are cast members of, uh, we settled on Darkest Days of Dale as the the name of this new campaign on Geekly Inc. We play D&D. We are, uh, as of the day this comes out, we had our very first session the day before. You can still go watch it at Twitch slash Geekly Inc. or on the YouTube tw channel. I doubt Tim's put it up by now, but <laughs> um, we're playing through Icewind Dale, Rhyme of the Frost Maiden, myself, Brett, some awesome Geekly folks, Josh, uh, Jennifer, and Susie, DM by Tim Lanning from Greetings Adventurers. Go check it out. It's going to be awesome. Cast of people. Thursdays at we moved to Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern. We're your daytime D&D soap opera. Brett, what movie are we watching next time? Next time, uh, uh, next time we're going to watch, uh, I have not left the porn list, Anus McGillicuddy. Oh, no, no, no. I no. love that one. It's a little sloppy, though. <laughs> McGillicuddy? 
The McGillicuddy is what gets you and not the anus? I don't understand what that is, the McGillicuddy. It's a... <laughs> I don't know either. It's his last name. It's a... It's, oh. it's like a It's phrase. a man named Anus. Do you mean Amos instead of Anus? No! Anus! It's a, it's a porno. <laughs> like it's the butt. butt sex. Butt sex McGillicuddy. But you're saying... You're anus! Saying this is the dude's name? I can't. Anus! I don't know. <laughs> Just gonna close I don't okay. now. But is it like some Goodbye. like his first name is Anus? You are welcome. To, you are welcome to Google this at your own risk. The classic Irish CPOV. CertainPOV.com.